For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. At the email yesterday from the latest statistics from the Central Statistics Office, and obviously the newspapers got it as well, and it has to do with the earning potential and the earning power of men and women, males and females. I'm not getting into a, a gender discussion on this one, so um, I'm just talking about men and women for the terms of this conversation, where men outnumber women seven to three when it comes to Ireland's top earners. There are many different statistics. You would sum it up by saying that unfortunately in 2023 men earn far more money than women. And you've got to ask yourself, is that changing and will that gender pay gap ever be closed? Despite the two sexes being evenly distributed, distributed when it comes to employment, as in same amounts working, there is a similar, there is a big age gap. In all age, in, in all earning groups, if you like, from low to middle to, to high incomes. I'm not going to drill into those statistics right now. I may come back to it later on, but they do look at the median annual salary for men in Ireland is 45000 um, whereas for women, it's 37,700. So you see that kind of disparity. And it gets worse then when you look at women's earnings peaking earlier in their careers than men. Um, as in, you know, women's earnings peak between the ages of 40 and 49, and then they start to decrease, whereas men's earnings continue to rise for another 10 years afterwards. To the age of 59. There are many different statistics and it's important actually as we talk as well about constitutional changes to a particular clause in the constitution regarding women in the home uh, next year because uh, you know we have to look at it through the prism of all women and, and even me as a man I have to look at it through the prism of my wife's earning power and indeed my daughter's and all of our my daughter's earning power and all of our daughters and the generations to come. So I'll have more on that throughout the course of the morning but I'd love to get your thoughts on it where men are earning significantly more money than women and you have to ask yourself the reasons why. Um, there is no good time to, and text on that if you wish, text 0868104106 no good time to lose your job but I often wonder why companies make announcements like VMware's the company that bought VMware is a company called Broadcom, a big US-based global firm. I dislike the way they put it. They're saying that they're proposing to make headcount reductions. It's the kind of thing you do going through a warehouse, looking at boxes. I mean, these are people. These are, you know, individuals with families and, and jobs. But yet, um, the front page of the Echo this morning says there will be 364 redundancies proposed from for VMware. This is interesting because in spite of constant emails back and forth between uh, Kevin Galvin of this program and uh, VMware over the past few months, uh, they were never ever, um, you know, forthcoming with regards to their proposals or plans. Uh, maybe they can't be until they announce it. Uh, but they certainly were saying nothing to see here to us over the past few months. Uh, in fact, we have different statements that I want to get to wear with you in a few minutes' time regarding that. But um, the vast majority of the jobs at VMware are here in Cork. Uh, and I'll talk on this a little later on. There's about 1,000 people employed in Ireland, most of them in Cork. And as I say, 364 people, 364 families have been delivered this bombshell Christmas news. Um, you know, this Christmas, um, you know, only but maybe a week or, or 10 days to go. And the event centre, well, what can I tell you about that? I, I hope to maybe have uh, some calls and comments on text on that a little later on this morning as well. Uh, it makes the, made the front of the examiner yesterday, makes the front of the echo. Suffice to say that even at this stage, uh, 57 million of the taxpayers' money going towards it would appear to be not enough and more is needed. It's lovely to see Cork City councillors going off on a cycling junket to Utrecht. 
I couldn't find it on a map. It's somewhere in the Netherlands. But they're off to Utrecht because they know how to cycle and they know all about cycle lanes. And all English reports in the Examiner this morning that Cork City Councillors, six of them, are set to visit the Netherlands next month, month to see how the Dutch um, make um, their you know, country and their cities the most cycling-friendly cities in the world. So I imagine we're going to see the likes of Terry Shannon, uh, the likes of Derry Canty, uh, Mick Finn, I think, um, had been proposed to go, but he has now confirmed that he won't travel. Thomas Maloney, Paddy Deneen and Kenneth O'Flynn. Um, a, a replacement will have to be found for Mick Finn, so there'll be five of those and one unannounced will head off. And I imagine when they're there on their trip uh, and uh, staying in Utrecht that they'll be cycling everywhere. You know, motor cars involved. Um, you wonder as to whether or not this is the kind of applicable thing that Cork City should be funding at a time when there's all sorts of issues regarding accommodation here on Leaside and what have you. Uh, but Utrecht is about 125,000 average daily bike trips. Um, we wouldn't have 1% of that, I'd say. We've got cycle lanes, but we don't have people cycling on them. But there you have it. What do you think of that? Yet another junket announced. I might uh, get an opportunity to talk to one or two of the councillors who are proposed to go. You'd never know. Much to do with the Ukraine making the papers today. Um, front page of both the Mail and this morning's Irish Independent. The Independent this morning says that a lot of the uh, cuts in benefits and the cuts with regards to the length of time that the state will provide accommodation, as in 90 days, for Ukrainians fleeing war. Much of this was driven because of the public backlash. Uh, fears of a breakdown in public support for the response to the refugee crisis was the reason that prompted ministers to slash the social welfare and the accommodation limit for the new arrivals, according to the Irish Independent this morning. They have information and uh, paperwork to back that up. But they're saying in the mail this morning that even the slashing uh, to 90 days and to €38.80 per week for new arrivals may not even be enough. Uh, they're saying the Cabinet fears that the new strategy isn't even tough enough and there could be more slashing yet to deter. The idea here is to deter, and I don't mean to sound cold about this, but even ministers have said it themselves, the idea is to deter people from coming here in the first place or indeed to deter those that are coming here thinking that life will be, you know, a, a gravy train for them. And meanwhile, there's a, a sad story story making the front of the mirror this morning where a Dubliner by the name of Graham Dale actually he's an Irishman but a former US Marine who went and fought in Iraq he was killed last Friday in Ukraine while fighting against invading Russian, for- Russian forces and that of course is so so sad. Um, the papers also talked today um, of issues regarding, I uh, spoke about Utrecht and their their bicycle policies and the city councillors off to ride bikes there. There was another city actually that makes the newspapers this morning, makes the UK Times and it is Oregon, the state of Oregon and the capital of Oregon that some time ago apparently decriminalised the possession of hard drugs like heroin, cocaine and crystal meth. So they decriminalised all that three years ago and apparently campaigners at the time hailed it as being a brave step forward towards the uh, ending the failed war on drugs. De- decriminalise it. Allow people to use and buy and buy responsibly, if, you know, if that's the right word, heroin, cocaine and crystal meth. It's failed though because three years later it appears that the policy has failed. They have soaring overdose dose deaths as a, cons- a consequence and the state's biggest city, Portland in Oregon, has also suffered massive crime and squalor increases. So that's, uh, um, you know, a project that uh, failed to, um, to, um, you know, to come to fruition with the ideas that they thought it would have. Papers this morning also today talk about issues regarding car insurance. Apparently people are driving so fast now and not paying attention and we're seeing more 
crashes on the roads now, like 25% up on last year, apparently the Irish motor industry are saying with regards to insurance claims. And this is sad actually because it was at a time when they're trying to get insurance premiums down and a lot to do with Christmas and much of it to do with, um, you know, oh, I love I love that story actually uh, with regards to television that makes this morning's uh, Irish Daily Mail where there's just too much cursing and too much foul language on television uh, and not always after the watershed. But you have to wonder, even after the watershed, do we need F-bombs? Do we need C-words? Do we need swearing on television at all? But apparently, according to research in the mail this morning, swearing on television has skyrocketed in recent years. And television series that have helped swearing to skyrocket are two in particular, at least they hone into two. One is Peaky Blinders, but the other one that I think really and truly nails it with regards to swearing has got to be succession. I mean, absolutely. There's hardly... I was going to say an episode, clearly not an episode, but hardly even a scene that doesn't feature some kind of swearing. Does it actually add to the dialogue at all, I wonder? And then, of course, another television story is the headaches uh, for Patrick Keelty. Like, he started, um, you know, the Late Late Show way back in the day with 830,000 viewers tuning in. But it has dipped dramatically and it's gone. If you look at two figures, the earlier ones for Keelty, 830,000. And the figure last Friday of 395,000 viewers. You would think that 395,000 is actually quite healthy, wouldn't you? But not when you look at the original figure. But even the 830,000, you would think that that was a lot of people kicking tires, really. Just tuning in to check it out, just to see what it was like. Uh, But unfortunately, that's the mantle by which he's been judged now, uh, the 830,000. I think a lot of this has to do, actually, with people's television changing habits. Like, a younger generation don't really set dates for television anymore. And many people don't actually have a date with the Late Late Show on a Friday night like they would have had decades ago, I suppose. And also, much of it now is to do with box sets, which are hugely popular, and indeed streaming figures, which have gone through the roof. Um, if you want to know, and you didn't know, although I don't agree with it, not for a moment, Home Alone apparently is the uh, most popular Christmas film by all accounts, the 1990 family treat with Macaulay Culkin, and the papers tell us this this morning. Uh, what else have we got for you? Um, the top five. Um, other ones include Elf at number two, It's a Wonderful Life at number three, The Snowman at number four, and Miracle on 34th Street at number five. I wonder, do you agree or disagree with that? Is your favourite film in the top five? And I love, there's a great article in the in the Telegraph at the weekend they spoke to five or six different people who wrote wrote huge Christmas hits I won't go into the other ones at the moment but one of them has picked up in the mirror this morning where they talked to Noddy Holder of the Slade who wrote uh, the big festive hit hit um, Merry, Chris- Merry Christmas Everybody and it went to number one in 1973 and a half a century later it's generating over half a million pounds in royalties every year for Slade and Noddy Holder. So it's ka every Christmas for them. But he tells the backstory. It's quite a lengthy story. But one thing that the newspapers hone in on is the fact that he'd been out in the pub uh, of a night and had um, a lash of beer and went back home and was staying with friends. And lo and behold, out came a bottle of good whiskey. And of course, the whiskey was consumed and Merry Christmas, everybody, was written. I'm just telling you. And then... <laughs> The man who keeps on giving, um, Roy Keane, Ireland's football legend Roy Keane, believes that Christmas is child's play and should only be for children and that presents should only be bought for children. Um, the papers this morning report, and we all, we all kind of know, where, where's the audio clip on that actually? But the papers reporting, because it's a great podcast actually, between a lot of the gang. And, you know, Keane does a podcast with Gary Neville, uh, with uh, Jamie Carragher and Ian Wright. It's called the Stick It to Football podcast. And they talk 
about all sorts of different things. But they did hone in, apparently, on uh, Christmas presents and buying Christmas presents. And by all accounts, Keane is not a fan of buying Christmas presents uh, for anybody else except for children. Now, if I could find it here, uh, life would be a great thing. Got it here. Hang on a second. Which one? What, but no, I can't find it. I'll come back to it in a, in a few minutes' time because I have the audio for it. But a lot of people are talking also in the papers this morning about Santa lists and the ting- things that children are sending off and thousands of letters and really and truly thousands of letters in Ireland every single Christmas head off to the North Pole and the papers tell us all about many of those letters this morning and the most amazing thing 125,000 letters on post receives for Santa every year and Santa Claus never misses one single one never misses a single one and everybody gets what they want hopefully and that's a great thing but don't you don't you worry about the young generation when it comes to the anxiety and stress that they suffer in their lives this morning the mail is saying and I don't mean to make light of this because clearly it must be an issue for some young people that even eating out even eating out now um, makes them anxious in what way well choosing and ordering a meal at a restaurant Reading the menu makes some young people anxious. It's called menu anxiety, and apparently mostly between the ages of 18 and 24. In fact, some of them say that they ask fellow diners to read the menu for them and pick their food for them. Um, it's, it's so sad, actually, that you would get stressed out reading a menu. I can kind of half understand in one way why you would get stressed out reading a menu because there might be too much on the menu, um, you know, but like, and, and sometimes that can be a problem because there are too many choices. But it's kind of sad that, I know, answering the phone makes them anxious. You know, they don't like live phone calls. They only want texts and things like that. What are we rearing um, and what kind of disservice have we done to them? Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Okay, I got the clip left uh, loaded now. So this is Keen, part of the, the podcast she does with the lads and they're talking about Christmas. Have a listen to this. This is, I mean, <laughs> I think Roy Keane would make a great pantomime villain, wouldn't he? We're going to do a Christmas special in two weeks and we've got this idea to do a secret Santa. Right. Yeah, you've got to get each other's a present. I'm not a lover of that present stuff. Get them each other presents. I don't mind it. Sorry for children. Christmas for children. No, no, no. Oh, adults. No, Secret Santa's what, great. What, what, would, what, do you, what will you be buying for Christmas? Have you bought anything? No. No, I won't be buying anybody anything. Seriously? Yeah. At all? I, mean, I just think it's... No, it's for children. It's not for children. It's not for children. It's for... Jesus. Do you eat turkey on Christmas? Is, 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 is you eat... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 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 we celebrate it, of course, but we don't go out stressing each other up, buying each other presents. Ah. It's not a stressful it's thing, stress. it's a beautiful thing. It's what are they stuffing their gob with? Do you know? I mean, they, are they eating? I mean, did they ever learn that you should not eat, speak with your mouth full? Are they having breakfast or what are they doing? What are they eating? Having Christmas dinner? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's pies. Is there, do you have, I don't know. They, they have like a spread out in front of them. It's always set up that way as if they're kind of, because I think they're off doing matches, so they're staying in a hotel together and they're they're all kind of so they're stuffing their gob and chatting kind of like chatting away and eating away he'd make a great Scrooge wouldn't he <laughs> I was say, ah, he'd make how good would he be as the villain in the in the pantomime down the opera he's house he's the guy that just keeps on giving does Roy Keane yeah. doesn't he I wonder how many people would actually agree that Christmas could you imagine not buying presents for adults in your life there would be picture and no sound for ten years like. <laughs> he'd be up and but he obviously those... he obviously has it all worked ah, out no way he'd, I think I think he Roy said Lo- it he doesn't buy Christmas yeah Christmas but Sherlock Christmas. he also said uh, 
the dynamo was just doing his job. Do you know what I mean? A famous magician. Roy's inclined, inclined to come out with anything that'll, that'll keep him kind of, you know what I mean? Like, Roy knows himself the entertainment industry. Like, he knows he's an entertainer as much as he is a pundit. So he, uh, he entertains us uh, absolutely. I wonder, is he, is he just winding people up uh, and being kind of Grinch-like? 100%. Do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he's one step ahead of us. Uh, he knows exactly. He know he can see the headlines being written before he opens his mouth. He really? Knows. Do you think I so? I definitely think so. Because like, oh, everything... The admiration from has just even got higher then. <laughs> I know. Like, he knows himself the game. That's what I'm saying. Like, the whole thing now with football coverage has massively changed from it being very serious and analytical to now this kind of banter style kind of you know where they're all kind of bantering around I don't know did you see the clip with uh, Ian Wright's coat no he looks like like a brown polar bear if there's any such thing (laughs) like a huge big grizzly bear in that coat some of the memes that have been coming out with him where they've made the coat like the size of the international space station not not taking abuse and giving you know giving grief no but like I just the 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 keen thing about like I bet you know next week that they'll get their secret Santa They'll because this was all about them doing as you heard in the clip they're doing a secret Santa for each other um, which you know I know secret Santas they, they, when you talk about anxiety there should be secret Santa anxiety I can tell you that much but the the like next week they're going to be giving each other our presents and you can be sure that all the tabloids and all the online um, news sites will have what Roy Keane said when he got ex-president. And Roy knows it. Like, we're talking about, you know, you talk about anxiety. He says, in, in apparently in another part of the clip, that it just leads to stress. He says, we don't go stressing each other. Obviously, he's talking about his wife. Yeah. We don't go stressing each other out by buying presents for each other. It's just stress. I just think it's for children. Question for you, and actually a question for a lot of other people, because in our house, we're now increasingly just telling each other what we want for Christmas. We're not doing the whole, oh, we're going to surprise you now with this. Just say, look, this is what I want for Christmas. Can you get me that? And then there's no... Kind of takes the magic and the surprise out of this. This is what I wonder, but it but it also takes the stress away because you know exactly what you're getting. Okay, well let's throw that out there. Firstly, is Keen right? And secondly, should you ask and request a particular gift rather than a surprise and then be perhaps disappointed? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and we'll come back to that throughout the course of the morning. However, I can't allow the moment pass without at least dealing for a while with the as they put it in the echo today this Christmas bombshell for three hundred and sixty four families. Now VMware over the last few months were very very vague and all of the contacts we had back and forth with them and of course they were going through a major acquisition because VMware was bought by a much bigger US based global firm Broadcom and they announced that uh, that happened last month and then of course they turned to look at employment levels or headcount reductions as they call it but at this time at no time is a good time to lose a job but at this time of the year it's absolutely devastating the timing is shocking and so unfair let's go to uh, balance colleague, if you will, a regular contributor to this program is Con Nagel of the Balancolic Business Association. He's got his own company, Global Properties, and he's chairman of the Balancolic Business Association. Con, thanks for taking the call. So, devastating news, but does it come as a shock? No, uh, not really. Um, I think this has been on the cards for 18 months since VMware were sold, dash taken over by, by another company. I think that takeover only came to proper fruition maybe three, four weeks ago. So this news was well expected by by the people. What you know, do they What do they do? VMware are they a tech company? A tech company, and you know, you know yourself uh, up in the cloud, 
where do your pictures go? Where where does the the Red FM live stream go? It's probably hosted by them without without you or I even knowing it. Okay. Like. So would this would the would the workers there and the staff be very highly qualified? Would they be in demand? They would. You know what I was going going saying there, like is you know obviously all of us wholeheartedly sympathise with anybody on losing their job, like. But these are probably the most intelligent and qualified, most qualified people ever to be made redundant. I put money that within one month of them leaving VMware, you know, 300 of the 360 of them will be will be working elsewhere. They'll be in massive demand. I'd say recruiters are probably standing outside VMware at the moment. Oh, really? You're not exaggerating? No, you think that they will be fine in that regard and they'll be poached and picked up quite quickly. Do you, do you think that they, they kind of maybe have known for a period of time and might have been doing the footwork already, knowing that inevitably there might be a blow like this, the staff? Oh, I'm, I'm 100% sure of that. Uh, let's just say the CVs were probably polished by many of them and they're weighing up. Hope, hopefully they'll get good packages anyone leaving or anything like that. Um, so it might take a little bit of time off. But other than that, you know, the jobs economy in Ballincollig and in Cork is, is, is astounding at the moment. It's, it's so good. You know, 15 years ago, if you lost your job, you had to immigrate. Uh, and I'm selling house for people now who immigrated to, to Australia and California 15 years ago. Um, you know, but the economy is brilliant here at the moment. Like, you know, there's, there was two or three new tech companies set up and they bought a 50 or 100 employees at the moment in Ballincollig mm. in the last 12, 18 months and nobody's heard of them. Mm. One mm. company's called Rubrics. Another the ICBS. They're both well, maybe they're, well, maybe they're fully staffed, Con. Maybe they don't need an extra 340, uh, 54, sorry, 364 extra highly skilled workers. I mean, Simon Coveney is bothered by it. Uh, so is um, Leo Varadkar. Um, they're, they're both quoted in this morning's papers uh, with regards to that. Obviously feeling, um, you know, sorry for the workforce saying the IDA will get involved and wondering about the redundancy packages. They're politicians, no offence to them. Could they say anything else? You know, realistically, these, you know, these people are well qualified. Hopefully they'll do very well. They've been well educated. Um, you know, the economy is outstanding. So touch wood, they'll all be sorted out like. Yeah. What, but, would, what, would, know, what would typically be a redundancy package? Do you have any idea for a job like that? I have no idea, but you, you know the the assumption out there will be something like five or six weeks pay for every year of service. But that's not so necessarily happening in the Irish economy. It's more likely in many cases to be two weeks for every year of service, and it could yeah, even be capped at ten years for that matter. Oh, thank goodness, Neil! I've never had to look into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from from a personal point of view, and it's only when things hit you personally that you really look into things like that. Why couldn't VMware have waited until the first or second week in January rather than this worry over the staff's heads like this? It seems very unfair and cruel. Oh, it does, it does. But I suppose a lot of other countries don't take Christmas holidays so serious as we do here. Um, I think in, in, in a lot of states in America, you're back at work on the 26th of December. I get that. But like you could think that management of the VMware and Balancholic would say to them, hold off on this announcement for God's sake till January. Let people get over the Christmas period. Oh, I f- no, I fully agree. I'm not fighting with you at all on this. No, I just, I no I'm, I'm just thinking this <laughs> no, is not the kind of news anybody wants on the 13th day of December. No, but maybe it's like pulling off a plaster. You know, the faster you pull it off, having this worry over their heads will be just as bad. And knowing that they're going to get the bad news in early January, I don't know. I'm not into mm. not into that type of thing at all. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay, but the point that you're making and reiterating really is that it it doesn't it it may seem like a big blow. It clearly are job losses, but they're highly skilled and they're in big demand. 
Yes, and 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 I'd hope they will all do well, and I, and I hope they all stay in in, in Ballincollig or in Cork, um, because we need good, talented people all over the place here. And the the big problem most employers are having at the moment is getting staff, or getting qualified staff, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I'd wish them all well. Um, it's not as big a body blow as it would have been if this happened 15 years ago when we were in 17, 18% unemployment. We're strong in tech and pharma, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and, 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 and hopefully these people will get positions straight away. Nice one. Yeah, Thanks, Con. Much obliged to you. Thanks for taking the call. Con Nagel from uh, Balancholic Business Association. Rona Murphy um, runs the hugely international successful company Smart Tech 247. Ronan, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Neil. Uh, b- a bigger company buys a smaller company, takes a look at the staffing levels and realises mm, we're too top-heavy, let's start shedding. Unfortunately, um, the thousand jobs in Ireland for VMware, the vast majority of them are in Cork. That's why we see 364 jobs losses being announced this morning. Do you go along with Con um, that it could be an awful lot worse, but with regards to where we're at now, the staff will be picked up quite quickly by others? Yeah, to be fair, I mean, the quality of the the staff the VMware would have in place would be really top-notch. So I'm sure those guys will find... they'll find something whether I guess the problem will be you know if that's in Cork or if they have to go further afield to Dublin or even internationally right but but definitely um, the calibre of staff there are second to none and there is I mean while the global tech industry is experiencing um, uh, you know a wave of layoffs there is still a lot of opportunity out there. So it's it's not like, you know, Dunlops or anything, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, those job positions may well involve a relocation, possibly selling homes, taking children out of schools, you know, up, uprooting your life to go elsewhere. That's not good. No, that's never good. And and, and uh, obviously at this time of year, more than any, it, it's, it's, it's a horrible time of year for this to happen. And you'd wonder why they couldn't have at least waited till, you know, uh, in the first quarter of next year. That's my point. But look, yeah, these large point. corporations, they're, they're lying to themselves. Now, staff will be entitled to a redundancy package. Um, any idea what that might be? I don't. It, it'll all be dependent on, you know, how long they've served and you know, what their salary was and there's, there's a lot of different contributing factors but obviously there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of that is controlled by the law as well, you know. Are we bound to see more of this uh, in the future, do you think? Um, well, well, I was saying to the researcher, Neil, look, this is, this is a consequence of mergers and acquisitions, right? This isn't, this is, this is, has been happening forever, right? When you buy a company, you look to uh, increase efficiencies uh, and not have duplication of tasks like sales and marketing and engineering and so forth. So, so M&A is always, that's just an, an, a natural consequence of M&A. Unfortunately for Cork and for VMware staff, this is a particularly big one, right, for the region. Um, I think the question of are we going to see more layoffs in the tech industry is a different question. Um, we probably have seen the worst of that, I would say. I mean, we we and the reason for that, just to be clear, right, is that there was a very a huge increase in hiring during the pandemic, and then obviously when that washed through, people were saying, "Oh, we've hired too many people now. We need to specifically technology companies. Yeah. We need to you know, fix that problem." And um, also, there's two wars happening now globally, which have infected affected oil prices and they've affected interest rates, and with it all, you know 
kind of a bit of a downturn in the economy. So that naturally will affect the tech sector. It feels like the worst of it is, has, has kind of washed through. Um, and there's definitely green, green, um, green shoots um, now showing where companies are hiring. So it's not all doom and gloom, but unfortunately for this particular conversation on VMware, it's, it's not great. Well, it's, it's VMware now. Um, then we had 100 um, at uh, ILC Dover in, in Blarney. You'll recall that. Um, they yep. decided that they were going to relocate to Poland and, and Mexico. Seems to be a bit of a trend going on here. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely there's a downturn in the economy. There's no question about that. And interest rates are at an all-time high. The world is drastic. The world is uh, drastically different to what it was 36 months ago, right? With two major conflicts happening. And that's got huge uh, implications on the price of, of oil. It's got huge implications on interest rates. Everything is more expensive. So companies are looking and trying to figure out how do we reduce costs because all of this inflation, um, it's no longer, you know, minimum wage problems. It's, it's, it's cost of living problems. And they, everybody sees it, I mean, from your utility bill to your rent and so forth. And that all washes through to companies as well. So, I mean, well, I mean it, in the case of ILC Dover, surely be to God that's just cheaper labour in the likes of Poland or Mexico. I mean, there's also an alert coming out from Pfizer saying Irish jobs are set to go. They're implementing a €3 billion Euro worldwide cut. I don't mean to be accentuating doom and gloom, but... It's just the, the you know, I'm, I'm just going but, but, through. But the, yeah, but you need, you need to ask the question why. So Pfizer's share price has taken a hammering. If you look at their share price online, the reason their share price has taken a hammering is um, everyone has realised that, you know, the demand for the uh, vaccine has now um, waned. And that was obviously, you know, that drove a huge uh, amount of uh, revenue for Pfizer. So Pfizer now have to kind of repivot and find something else to continue the, the growth trajectory they were in. Oh, I, so you, you can't, in, in a lot of these, you do have to look at them in isolation, you know. Yeah, another one. Telus, company based in Mahan. Um, can't reveal specific details. I'm reading from the Cork Independent about job losses because of uh, non disclosure agreements, but talking about job losses there. Accenture was another one. Striker, yeah. confirming job losses. Uh, although, you know, there's been job losses in Striker on more than one occasion. But, uh, but what I'm saying is that there, there are more than just one isolated one in the past, you know, 12 months or so. Yeah, and, and, and look, you can track it all back to the macro factors, right? There's two wars happening. The consequence of those wars is interest rates have increased. Uh, the consequence of the interest rates increase are people stop spending money. Uh, the, 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 when people stop spending money, it all filters back, right? I mean, it, 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 these job losses, if you track them all the way back, outside of mergers and acquisitions, like in the case of this specific one, right? But all of the other ones, I think it's a combination of two major conflicts and a post-pandemic era where we are feeling the consequences of the world being shut down for the best part of two years. Okay. And if you had an economist on here and they sat down and they, 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 they tied all of the strands together, you'd probably be able to piece them all together pretty effectively. Okay. Well, for whatever reason, as you say, um, our thoughts are with the, with the families and the staff. Yeah. Devastating news at an awful time of the year. No matter what way you put of it, this should not have been announced 10 days 
before Christmas. Thank you, as always, oh, Ronan Murphy. Much obliged to you from Smart Tech 247. Yes. Text 0868 uh, Get in touch, particularly if you are a, a staff member, and I will never, ever reveal any personal information from anybody who gets in touch with me. You can always email neil at redfm.ie. Back after the break. Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show is on Cork's Red FM. Just staying with this for another few minutes, I uh, received a text actually from a VM worker saying VMware redundancy package will be six weeks per year of service. That will include the two weeks government statutory redundancy. Don't give out my details and I never will. So six weeks redundancy every year of service, but two of those weeks will be paid by the state and the other four weeks per year will be the VMware part of the redundancy package. Uh, Derry Canty is a local Fine Gael councillor out in Ballancolly, joins me by phone. Derry, good morning. Good morning. I see Mick Barry puts it very well this morning, the Cork TD. He says, it is a Christmas bombshell. How can a family enjoy their Christmas when their job is on the line like this and the new year is threatening with the spectre of unemployment? Would you agree with him? Certainly, I agree with the the way it was done. Everything was done behind a closed door. Now, I was there initially when the VMware came to Baron College and we had a big hurrah, big... How long ago was that, Derry? Forgive me. How long ago? Oh, oh God, Neil, Neil, I couldn't tell you no, offhand myself. I just... I'm sitting here, sitting down the phone and trying to go back facts and figures of when we opened and we met the, all the big people from America. They were all here, all shaky hands and everything. They were at the empty office. All was built, a shell. And they came in and they took over three floors of the the, the structures inside in the in the, the barracks. Mm. Or Flynn built them. Mm. But like that night again, so in the last few weeks, something eerie was happening. And I go back to when we had the pandemic, the COVID. Any time I walked down there, there was no one inside the offices because they were all working at home. Mm. And it looked it looked desperate looking in there to see no one working. But you see, every at that time, it could be it could have been in the, the in the picture that something was going to happen to us. Don't uh, know about that. I mean, any I mean, I work in a business park here and came to work every day. But it's enormous, the one here in Corraheen. But it was like it was just completely desolate. There was nobody. Everybody was working from home then. So. I don't know if they, you know, I don't know if anything would be. But like this again, this is the angle. This is the, when you look at it then, and when they were bought out in the last few months by another American company, you could feel you could feel the kind of shiver going through you in, and going through the town because, as I said, we had three double-decker buses coming into Ballincollig every morning with workers collecting them inside in town and bringing them up to work here in VMware and yeah. EMC. Yeah. Now those buses were gone for the last few months. Yeah. There's no need to have the buses here. The businesses on the main street will, fe- uh, will feel a loss due to the fact that they, all the staff will go across at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock and get their, their lunches and get everything like that. But overall, it's it's like some uh, a knife to our heart to think that VMware and the big company they were just like that, the drop of a hat, we're going. Oh, I see what you're making an extra. You're making an extra point there that without staff, of course, local businesses have a knock-on effect with regards to lunch, local retail, and all of the other benefits that knock off from. A, are they the biggest employers in Ballincollig? They were. Yeah. They were definitely were. There's no use in any. There was hundreds of them working there yeah. because they had two ma- major big office blocks inside in the in the, the back square, as yeah. we call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you know, the point is. There's going to be a knock-on. Let the other businesses that were dealing with them, and as I said, the businesses on the main street and so forth. Other than that, 
we'll have an awful you, 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 I feel sorry for the workers at the moment the way it was done it was desperate it was a bombshell and like something must have been going on negotiations and everything like that and then just oh you're going there's 360 staff going what's happening to the rest how did how did people hear of the news initially by, the, by radio yeah okay yeah. There was nothing else. Nothing yeah. else unless the, the staff probably knew they probably got letters in the post and the announcement was made. Yeah, yeah. Um, Con Nagel yeah. is saying, Con Nagel from the Business Association saying they're very highly skilled and very highly trained and they will be in demand. Maybe not necessarily in Ballancolleg. Uh, possibly they might have to relocate. But that their skill set is so good that they will be rehired. Oh, certainly they will be rehired, but the point is where is will they, what company is going to take, you know, employment? Will they, will they situate it in Barring College? Yeah. Well, there's plenty of area, plenty of room for them to go in there, but then again, another company will come in, they probably have another idea where they want to situate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might want Barring College, although the offices are there and everything, but you could see, Neil, slowly but surely, as I sit there, I'm not repeating myself, if I went for a walk with the dog around that area any time of the day and you look in at the empty desks inside there, to frighten you. I know. It's not good news at any but time. Something but was there all the time, mate. Yeah. Something was happening behind the scenes all the time. And then the bombshell came. There are 360 staff meetings. And it's before. a shocking time of the year to announce it. I know I'm, I'm overemphasising that point, but could they not have waited until the new year to announce it, in all fairness? But, Nate, it doesn't matter what time you say it. Whether it was Christmas, Easter or summer, that you were going to be left go from your job I, and it was your future I, and like there is people married people and everything like that uh, that you're working there where are they going I, I agree that no time is a good time Derry and I don't mean to you know uh, disagree with you on that point but I think you know 12 days before Christmas you know it's supposed to be a happy yeah, time yeah. you know what, what difference would three or four weeks have made you know, really and truly at the end of the day. What but difference? That's the way businesses are, companies are. Yeah. They, they're, they're, you're only a number on a book. Yeah, okay. And that's basically it. If you're only a number there, and you've gone, oh, we're closing down this jump shop, we're closing here, we're closing this department. The bosses don't care. You're only there, you're only a number on a book. Yeah. And you get your wages every Friday, every month, and after that, Look, we get rid of them before Christmas. I know it's the lousiest part of the time of the year. Christmas trees up, festivals on, parties going on, mm. and so forth. And now you get a letter in the post saying, Dear John, dear Nick, we're sorry to announce that your department is closing. It was put very coldly, actually, actually, in the letter. I'm reading from the Echo this morning. The letter sent to staff stated, We are proposing to make headcount reductions to simplify the organisation. It's not very sympathetic to people's life and families and jobs, is it? Headcount reductions? No. no. Jesus, like, no. there you are. You're only a number. Yeah, all right. You're only a number on a okay. book. Okay, thanks like, as always. The point is, and the point is, like, since they were bought out by this, uh, American, this other American company, they don't want people in Cork or in Ireland uh, competing with what staff they have already in their company in America. So they put a, 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 a typex through your gun. Yeah, I know. I know. You're only a number. Thanks, Derry. Appreciate it. Uh, Councillor Derry Canty from Balancholic Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back in a sec. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. 
Red FM. Yeah, another story is just picking up from yesterday. We're talking about ghost buses on Leaside, as in buses that just don't arrive. Um, and also bus stop drive-bys, where bus drivers are being encouraged by bus errand um, at Capwell to drive past bus stops if they're behind schedule and leave people standing on the side of the road to catch up on the schedule. That was interesting from yesterday. I don't give out my details. I work as a driver for bus errand, and people seem to think that bus drivers don't finish work or don't take lunch breaks at all. You know, we have a shortage of drivers, and between that and sick calls, it's very tough driving bus errand buses on Leaside. We might pull into the city to change over, to go on a break, and there might be no driver to let us off and let us go on a break. So we have to tell the passengers to disembark because there's no driver to carry on the route. Um, however, people would expect us to keep driving and skip our lunch break for them or do the same when we're finished and have no driver to let us off. People would expect you to do overtime just for their sake. We have lives also and we work very long days and the people of Cork need to take that into consideration. Again, uh, don't give out my details. Just a very interesting point there and talking about lack of staff and what have you and people out on sick leave. Um, he says, people would expect us to keep driving or skip our lunch break to do this for them. Um, that um, they have to ask passengers to disembark the bus at their lunch break or the end of their shift, but let's say at their lunch break, because there's no driver to carry on the route and they have to take their lunch break. So does that actually mean that passengers would be told, you know, get off the bus, wait at the bus stop for the next bus to come along? I mean, that kind of sounds very dark ages kind of thing to me. Anyway, text 0868104106 with your experiences. Listening to the show, I wanted to say that I've experienced very rude drivers for bus errand in the past, but I've been using the West Cork Connect for the, for the past six months, and I must give some serious credit to them. The drivers on West Cork Connect treat all regular passengers like friends. They remember our names, they always say hello, asking about our day, and they have the chats. I was going to Cork from West Cork last Monday, and the queue of people in Clonakilty waiting was so large that they pulled another two buses into service to make sure that everybody got a seat. We should be supporting local businesses who actually care about local people instead of bus errand who've been ripping off the country for years. So thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork. The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. People are getting in touch with regards to VMware. Please keep me anonymous. My partner works for VMware. They have uh, six, he has uh, six year service. Uh, some people are hoping for redundancy because of the massive culture change that would be brought about by Broadcom, the company who bought VMware. The CEO said in a meeting, if they want to work from home, they better learn to walk on water. Work-life balance is so important, but Broadcom would be forcing workers back to the office with no remote working option. For people that have worked from home since COVID, this is a big factor going forward. Uh, there are other things as well, such as maternity leave. Broadcom only offered 12 weeks, whereas VMware offer 26 weeks. Broadcom also do a round of layoffs twice a year, so no one in the future is safe. So if people don't get redundancy now, they could be let go in six months anywhere with, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I suppose what you're saying is it's been a final paragraph. It's been a stressful few months already knowing this was coming. And the announcement for before Christmas really hasn't made it any easier. And now we are waiting and stressing over Christmas 
that we are potentially down in income with a mortgage to pay and believe me that is a real worry. Well thank you for that. There's a lot there to digest and a lot of worry. The the whole working from home though uh, that is reversing for an awful lot of companies I think. More and more now are asking staff to go back into the workplace and there's a few different reasons for that. Um, You know and, and one of them of course that's been very much highlighted recently is what was deemed to be very productive to be working from home, companies are now discovering that maybe it's not as productive as they thought it would be. But working from home, your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Another one regarding VMware. This is happening all of the time, Neil. Large companies don't have to report redundancies if it affects under 100 people. There are companies quietly getting rid of people the whole time. We already know they're doing it. So why are we surprised by VMware? Well, perhaps because it's... Um, well over 360 people. People will be whinging and making a big deal about this, but it happens all of the time. Young people know this happens too. I had a family member working for a large tech company and instead of waiting around to be made redundant, they went looking for another job. They got that job and sure enough, the company he had been working for then made lots of redundancies. So thank you for those. Keep them coming. VMware had to go through the legal consultation process This has just finished now, so they made the announcement. I'm not convinced the workers will find work quickly, as you are suggesting, especially in Cork. I've spoken to a couple of the workers, and they have said people have been trying to get other jobs for a while now, with no joy, I suppose, anticipating this announcement. Once redundancy takes place, the savings to the company are immediate. That's why they don't want to wait to delay the redundancy process. Thank you for those. Keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. Lots to cover this morning, uh, so do stay tuned, particularly if you sent me in an email with regards to Christmas time and our Christmas hampers from thepaddybox.com. But let me just stay with this. Jim, good morning. Uh, just before 10 there, I just did a quick dive with different companies who announced job losses on Leaside in the past 12 months, most of them international and a lot of them American. American. Your, your thoughts on all of that? Well, my thoughts is, uh, we should be saying thank you to Pascal Donahue to see caused all this by getting rid of our Trump card, which was the uh, 12% capital gains tax or the tax that companies were paying. He isn't that gone to 15 to, now, isn't it? 15 it's, it's now 15% and out of that 15% Ireland has agreed to pay 4% to Europe so well, what? he went off to Europe right done a deal with him told, told us all he was fabulous he gave he increased our taxes to the company taxes 15 gave 4% of away and came back with 11% to Ireland and told us all it was good for us we can see now how good it is for the people coming up to Christmas when they're losing their jobs this is what Pascal Donoghue did he's the man he done it and probably was was hoping to get a huge European job. But hold on a second. When bigger that. companies buy smaller companies, and I, I, I really feel for the staff here, don't get me wrong, but they always look at ways of saving money to make the purchase more palatable. And a lot of the time, that's productivity and staff levels, not necessarily capital gains tax. Well, Neil, any business, whether it's a small business down in your local village or a big international uh, business, right, runs on profit. Now, you take 3% off their top sheet, right? That's over. And these decisions, even if you look at a small company selling itself, don't be worried about the company buying something, right? Look at a company selling. They're selling for a reason. They know they're in trouble. They know there's no profit. And they're out. And we're going to see a hell of a lot more of this. A hell of a lot. And this is down to bad government decisions. No other reason. 
Yeah. Imagine the companies were in here for tax breaks and everything else, and we gave it away. But our tax it's take is enormous. Our tax take is enormous. I mean, you wouldn't think it by the way they're treating Irish people, but uh, apparently the tax take is huge. Where like the coffers are full. Well, we were seven hundred and fifty million down in the last uh, quarter that they counted because of. Um, the capital gains was the cause of that. Oh, okay. 750 million down. I didn't know. So, I mean, you might look at last year or the year before, right? You watch it next year. It won't okay. be high. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, you, you have, you have a... Su- repair. Yeah, you have a suggestion then for the workers of, um, of VMware with regards to Christmas cards, is it? Well, I think everybody knows that St. Pascal Donahue a Christmas card and said, thank you very much for nothing. I need the whole country to do it. Thanks, it's Jim. At home and look, and look at your jobs if you're in your factories. You're next. Thanks for taking the call. Text 0868104106. People talking up jobs here in this country seems to ignore that the cost and lack of housing, that's where there's a slowdown. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about job announcements, that becomes a big issue, you know, as to where people will live. But job losses, that's a different story entirely. Everyone, including the people about to lose their jobs, which end, oh, that's Jim's point, send Pascal Donahue a Christmas card saying, enjoy your Christmas dinner, the rest of us can't. Uh, get things right in our heads. The reason big companies are pulling out of our Ireland is because we gave away our Trump card, the capital gains tax. Somebody else agreeing there uh, with uh, the point that Jim was making. They all knew about this four weeks ago, Neil. My nieces and nephews were in that meeting. The news hasn't come as a big shock at all. Con Nagel is dead right with what he said in the sense that they will get other work. Uh, with regarding VMware, companies do this all of the time. They buy other firms and gut them. They keep the most profitable sections of the business. We've known this for 18 months. Also, it's it's not just 364 jobs. That's only the first tranche. My American colleagues had no notice. The deal went through on Monday and they were let go on Wednesday. At least we have a workplace relations committee. That's from another a staff member at VMware. You're indicating actually uh, that there were job losses in America as well. And Tony says the forecast for the IT industry in this country is bleak for the next year. Check it out, says Tony. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We got calls, texts, and comments on the way. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Yeah. Red FM. I know that there is a video circulating because I got it as well and it's been circulated around the place and it's incorrect. Uh, I was sent it as well. It's purported to be a video from Cork Racecourse Mallow that shows a major brawl, a big fight, bad fight, bunch of right-looking, tough-looking gurriers inside in a racetrack fighting and kicking the heads off each other and a lot of people piling in on it. Um, and it was said that this was from uh, Cork Racetrack Mallow. Uh, we checked because somebody was saying that what was the story online was that it happened last weekend. So we got in touch with Cork Racecourse and they asked us actually, because I, would, I wouldn't have bothered if they had confirmed that it wasn't them, but they asked for it to be specifically mentioned. And Damien came back and says, we have seen the WhatsApp video circulation circulating at the moment and I can confirm it did not happen in Cork Racecourse Mallow as being suggested on social media. This melee happened in a racecourse in England I'm not sure which one, but I would appreciate it if Neil made it known that this did not happen at our race meeting. It was not Cork Racecourse Mallow. Kind regards, says Damien. I'm happy to pass that on because, of course, the word is out there that it did happen 
in Mallow and it did not. That happens a lot with video actually that gets distributed. It's literally wrong. It's an event that did happen but people get the timeline wrong and more importantly they also get the locations wrong. Anyway, text 0868104106. I listen to your show every morning on my way to work. I'm a single parent with two children and unlike many of your callers, I am fortunate that I have my health and a roof over my head and so do my children. So I really can't complain. However, I live in a town that is so run down, it's ridiculous. We have no hotel, we have no restaurant on a Sunday for lunch. Yes, yes, I know of all of the recent Graham Norton saga, but really, uh, people were not far wrong in criticising for Moy. But that is not the reason for my message, really. Of late, three refugee centres, including a huge intake of Ukrainian nationals, arrived in Formoy. This has pressurised an already under-resourced base for doctors, schools, dentists, services, etc. Indeed, I heard your pleas one morning for a woman in Glanmire who sought a doctor for her teenage daughter. It's absolutely incredible that this government is flooding our lifeboat from the Titanic ship we all want to escape from. When is enough enough? When do we say no more? I'm not racist and I believe equal opportunity but for us for all. But it pains my soul when I see my brothers and sisters begging on the street. Now can I just make a point here regarding this email? She's referring to a topic that I had on air some weeks ago of a woman who was finding it impossible to get a doctor to take on her daughter as a patient and had called numerous Cork doctors and surgeries and they were all full. Back to the email. When our third world healthcare system has failed the most vulnerable and world-class professionals in the healthcare system on their knees because of the shambolic government, it erodes my mind. We are now told, and when I say told... It's some local people, not any elected government representative, that another refugee centre is intending to come comprising of 56 men for the town of Formoy and that it is imminent. I'm not eligible for a medical card. I will never own my own home because my salary exceeds the affordable housing scheme. My current rent precludes a saving for a deposit. I'm forced into the purgatory uh, unilaterally and my landlord wishes to sell the house I live in within the next year. So I will join my brethren on the street and will folk just walk by with their heads down in shame? I say, folks, it's time to wake up, smell the coffee because I don't have a TD's pension to fall back on. We need to stand unified here and say hello. Enough is enough. I heard the statistics you gave out recently on what Ukrainian refugees get in, say, Germany and other European countries. But the fools here have been giving seven times more. Folks, that money is coming from the tax I pay and I work 60 hours a week for my kids. Say no more. But I am trapped. I can't leave my job. I can't resign. I get nothing if I do. I'm homeless. In time, I'll be homeless because there is nothing in this town of Fromoy to rent. The greed of the Irish people is breathtaking. Charging 100 euro to view a property is a no new low that I'm ashamed of. That doesn't happen in downtown Manhattan. Shame on those that do it. Again, can I just jump in and say, is that true? Is that actually happening? Where a real estate agency representing a property or a landlord is asking for a 100 euro deposit, or what is it, um, to view a property? 
Text 0868104106. I would appreciate it if you kindly highlight this matter. I would like to know what people's thoughts are because personally, I'm a person in the middle income working my ass off to keep my head above water and it seems that this government is hell-bent on drowning me. Uh, many thanks for taking the time to read this. I wanted to do this for a long time ago, but the latest news is a catalyst for this email. Seriously considering leaving Ireland with my kids. I cannot identify with the place anymore and I don't know if I want my kids to be reared in this toxic environment of a country. While we always had an appalling history of treating our young and our old, it now seems it's across the board and I'm ashamed of that. And that's from Kate by email. I don't know whether the recent news, Kate, with regards to reducing the benefits for incoming war refugees um, softens the blow or sweetens the pill for you. I'd be interested to hear if you have an opinion on that one. But thank you for your email. Uh, You can always email me if you've got a story to share, neil at redfm.ie. And one other quick one. I was listening to your programme the other day, and this is my concern. I'm a taxi driver. One night, going back at least two years ago, a vulnerable person was trying to flag down a cab in town. Nobody would stop for him. I did, and I drove him to the Balavalan area. He told me he lived alone as as his mum had to go into a home. He told me he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, but I could tell that he was intellectually challenged. Now, two years later, I see him hanging around with the, by the Simon community with the homeless, looking through trash and rubbish, drinking out of cans of lager and smoking. He sits on a concrete slab outside Centra on Grand Parade all day long and talks and laughs to himself. He's about 30 to 35 He's also hanging around Ballyvalan Shopping Centre in a dressing gown. I feel so sorry for him and often think that he must be a soft target for not-so-nice people, says a Cork taxi driver. And, and that's another example, really, of taxi drivers seeing so much of what is going on in our city. Picking up that guy two years ago, realising his vulnerability, and then two years on, seeing him in straightened times and obviously struggling on the streets of Cork two years later. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines ago. Margaret, good morning. Hello, good morning. Thank you. I had wanted to get to you sooner than this, so my apologies. Um, but I'm very keen to hear your story. You, um, were bro- you broke down, is it on Shandon Street? Yeah, that's right. I was um, driving into work and I was looking for a parking space and I found a bit of a tight spot so I was just reversing to go into it and then, you know, when I just uh, just switched off the ignition for a second just to look over my shoulder when I started the car again, it was just completely dead, you know? Okay, this was in the morning, Um, was it? Yeah, that's no. This, this was uh, last Saturday. Oh, night. starting work on Saturday night. Okay, so yeah, th- yeah like, I, work, be like... I work in a taxi base here in Shandon Street. Okay, so half past eight kind of thing, late night. Okay, yeah. You no, know, it was uh, well, it was quarter to eight. Quarter, okay, thank you. Quarter to eight or okay. so. All right, yeah. what you do next? So um, what I did anyway was um, a few she uh, was led to around the place, you know, uh, push the car up around the corner out of the way because um, there was, you know, it was pretty busy, the traffic and everything. Yeah. So, you know, wouldn't start anyway, but uh, to make a long story short, um, one of the guys that was uh, living around the place, um, he turned the car for me and he said he'd try and start it, you know, jump start this, you know, by pushing it down the hill. Okay. And uh, down Shandon Street. So, um, no way anyway, the car would start. So we got it down, he got, he got it down as far as uh, the end of Shandon Street and um, pushed it in by O'Connor's funeral home, you know, facing in O'Connor's yeah. funeral home. And um, it was sort of blocking the laneway that 
it off the, 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 the funeral home as well, but that was the best we could do anyway. So eventually, anyway, I said that I better phone my roadside you know, uh, assistant straight down, and um, I, I'm insured with um, uh, Alliant, so I you know, rang the number uh, for uh, the roadside assistance and um, God, I was ages, ages and, and was, there was so, there was a lot of stress because uh, at one stage you were blocking a guard a paddy wagon and they needed to get places so you were pretty <laughs> stressed right, yeah. yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah you know, so and um, to that as well you see, you know the windows were open and my God there was a, a breeze coming up you know, from the river you know, oh, it was, yeah. So Allianz said, you called uh, the hotline and Allianz take all your details or whatever and then they passed the details on to a tow recovery truck company. They said an hour and a half, is it? Oh, they did. They said uh, an hour and a half, which I said, okay, you know, I mean, it's it's Saturday night. It's a busy night, you know? So um, I was waiting anyway. So there was no sign of them, you know, we'd say... Nine o'clock, that was an hour, you know, an hour gone, then half, nine, ten o'clock, no sign whatsoever. So I just said, what, you know, what's going on here? So I just rang the number again and again and again, and I didn't get any answer whatsoever. Didn't even answer? So... No, no answer at yeah, all. Yeah. No answer whatsoever. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that that's a service now that is provided by your insurance premium. You're paying for that service. Oh, it is, yeah. 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 We all yeah. pay for it. I'm yeah. fully comprehensive, yeah. 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 So... Um, so did they, did so, they uh, ever did they ever arrive? No, they didn't. They didn't come at all. And they never called you back looking for clarification no. of exactly because they they need to get they need to pinpoint where you are to tell the tow company where you are. You know, do they, do they call back to clarify? Right. Yeah, no, no callbacks, nothing. When when I when I rang first, I got through to a lady and she said she took all those details. You see. You know, she 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 uh, she asked me where I was, and I told her, and um, okay. you right. know, she had everything you know taken down, and she told me that an hour to an hour and a half at the most. And, you must um, have been freezing because the nights were cold. I was absolutely ago. frozen, and the windows you see were down in the car because you know they're electric windows, and you know you'd have to start the engine to uh, wind them up. You know. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, so um, what you do? What did you do? So. I mean, I was, I was, I was there anyway. I was there four, about four hours. I was, I was just four hours. Four hours. Oh yeah, yeah. So like four so, hours um, is up around after midnight. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So God, you I must mean, have been I, perished. I was, and they, they were spilling out to the pubs, you know, around the place and everything, and it wasn't very nice. God you know? Almighty! All right, so four so, um, hours later, no yeah. tow truck, no call back, nothing. Nothing, and I tried to get through to them about six or seven times, and they, I just they, they just weren't answering, you know. I mean, so um, you were on Shandon Street. It's bad enough. Four hours in the cold. Well, down you the could, end of, down, yeah. You could also have been pulled of, in. You could have been pulled in on the hard shoulder of a motorway, for instance. The you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? And I know. With, with I do, I traffic do course, whizzing yeah. by, and you could have said somebody crashed yeah. into anything. You could have been anywhere. Yeah, I could. Yeah. But, um, and the guards were, you know, the guards were trying to get into where uh, there was a bit of an altercation inside in one of the uh, the houses down the laneway at the, the, the bottom of Shandon Street, and I was blocking them and they couldn't get in, you know? God almighty. So after so, the four hours, what did you do? I, I just decided, I said I'd uh, phone a tow, you know, breakdown service, you know, cop breakdown service. Yeah. So what I did is I tried, I tried one or two. And then one particular guy wanted 200 euros 
come out and they told me up to uh, my 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 home. You where know, was he? Where was he coming from for that kind of money, Killarney or what? He was he was coming in from Grange, I think. Cassar, from Grange know. to Shandon to yeah. tow you how far? Um, about a mile and a half, I'd say. So you come from Grange yeah. with his tow truck to tow your car a mile and a half and wanted two hundred euro for it. Yeah. And they told me, no way. You know, I said, I haven't got it, plain and simple. 200? You know, yeah, 200 euros. So, um, I was... Is that, that, the, going, is that the, go, is that the going rate, like, 200 it's euros? It's not, no, it's not. It's um, because I was uh, talking to um, the guy that drove me home. Well, okay. that, that, All right, that, so, that, so, what, so what happened? You, know? you said no to the 200, yeah. I did. So, I got through anyway, eventually. Yeah, I was really a few others, but... There, there wasn't any answers, you know. So I got through to this guy anyway, um, uh, JP Recovery, is it, I think, yeah. yeah. JP Recovery. Yeah, I've heard of them. And he told me, yeah, he told me, look, he said, I'll be up. He said he was on the way to Middleton with a car. He had, he already had a car on board. But he said that um, he'd swing by and he said he'd get me because I told him where I was and he was in an awkward area, you know. So about 15 minutes, he was with me. And um, we loaded up the uh, the car and the tow truck had 70 euros in fairness. That's what he charged, we don't, you know. 70 Between euro. And he, 70 swung, euros. he swung to you from a, a drop he was doing in Middleton. He did, yeah, he right. did. 70 he euro. Did. Uh, yeah. Loaded the car up and took it, what, home or whatever, is it? He took it up to my driveway and I live in Farmery. Within half so an hour? He took it up. Yeah, within half an hour, yeah. Did he say, firstly, that's a huge difference, 70 euro. I, know. I wonder, is that he the is. normal going rate? He did. He said it's normally around 80 euros. So where's your man you getting know? the 200? In spite of that it's after midnight on a Saturday night and one could say that it's unsocial hours. Is he it just is, taking yeah. advantage of somebody who's really in a desperate situation and is willing to pay 200, do you think? I think so, yeah. Well, I'd rather have jumped over the bridge rather than pay that money, you know? Oh, well, that's extortion at that kind of a rate, at 200 euros. Yeah, it, it, it really. Is. And did JP say that they do work for Alliance or anything like that? Oh, no, he, he, he didn't, no. They don't work for Alliance. He's, you know, he's, in, he's independent as far as I know, you know? Well, fair play, fair play. Yeah, but yeah. It was, I, I mean, he, I'd have been lost only far and no one that's And did you, road, fair you play know? to JP Recovery, credit where it's due, um, mm, not yeah. to the other character who was being very opportunistic trying to get 200 out of you. Oh, he was, did yeah. You he ever, was. Did you ever follow up with Alliance considering their shocking customer service? Oh, I certainly did, yeah. Um, I rang. I wasn't. No, I wasn't able to. I, I just wasn't able to ring on Monday because I was still upset, you know. Yeah. And I rang yesterday morning, and um, I was put through to a very nice girl, you know. And she took down the details, and she was very, you know, very understanding and everything. And she said, "Okay," she said, "That's fine. We'll email you within five days or so." And um, you know, I said, oh, no, I said, hold on there. I said, I don't want any email. I said, I want to speak to somebody. No. You know? Good feel. Because I was, well, I was angry. Yeah. So I said, I'm not going off the, the line until I speak to somebody. So um, she said, uh, okay, hold line. And I just got through to uh, some, some other person, another lady. And she said, right, she said, um, we have uh, our customer care Representative, and she'll ring you back within 15 minutes. Right. You know? Yeah. So I said, fine. I said, okay, so I make sure you do, which she did. 
So 15 minutes later, nice, you know, well, I can't say she was horrible because she was a nice okay. lady called right. Gemma. Yeah. Rang back, you know, and she wanted to know what happened and I told her. So she said, I said, look, I said, what I want to know is, I said, why was I left for four hours sitting in the cold in a highly dangerous place? Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she said, well, she said, um, the lady that you were on to, she said, that answered the phone, uh, you know, she was in our English call centre. English you know? call centre. Well, English call centre. Do they not have an centre. Irish call? I, I, yeah. I, I've used Allianz myself in the past and uh, yeah. it's an Irish call centre. Well, yeah. what's the business? She said, she said that um, when, our, our, when our call centre in Ireland is closed, our calls go through to England. You know? Okay, okay. Right. And I was saying to myself, right, okay, well, the Irish call centre was closed. And she said, uh, I must apologise profusely, she said. But she said, uh, it was a glitch. You in know, in, in a glitch the, in, in what? Like that your call system. got lost or what? What's the glitch? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I was asking her and she said, well, we, we were not sure really we're looking into it, you know? So, um, I mean, you know, I couldn't say, say much about that, you know? But I said... But also, I said, when I tried to call back, because I nobody answered, you know, I said, I couldn't get to her anything. I said, I said, it's unex- inexcusable. And I said, I said, um, I feel very, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want to stay with you, you know? Yeah. I yeah. said, um, I said, I feel vulnerable. I said, if I was driving, you know, so I couldn't, I, I don't trust you anymore. Yeah, yeah. So um, she said, um, apologies again, you know, and uh, she said, would you accept the uh, 100-euro voucher? Or sorry, 100-euro. Yes. Um, you know. As a goodwill as a gesture, gesture, kind of? A goodwill gesture, yeah. you know, and I, I, I told him no. You Did know? you? You said no to it. Well, why did you say no I to it? No. no, I said, you know, I said, like, to sort of just a cheap buy-off or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't put words, which is like, uh, you're here, you know, what you say to a kid now is look here take you know take uh, you know your oh no one listen one it's, it's, yourself, you, know, you it's, know it's what you it's what you felt you should do you refused it thank you but no I thanks did. I yeah. just okay. didn't yeah you know that's, I, I wasn't I just didn't feel I should well it wasn't me anyway I was you know, at the end of the matter then and like did the, what, what happened with the car for instance oh the car um, no the car was put, uh, pulled up to my driver you know um, towed up to my driver and um I told her, I said, the car now, I said, is dead. You know, in the driveway outside my door. I said, I can't, I I have a brother, which I, I'm his carer. I said, I can't go for his medicines or anything now at the moment, you know. Well, I could, of course, it would take me longer than usual, you know. Yeah. And I said, I'm just, um, I'm Friendly. really badly stuck without it. Yeah, yeah. you know, not work. So, um, she said that um, what she would do is get on to their, you know, who, should, who they should have got on to in the first place. Yeah. You know. And uh, that the, the the guy would be up, so I said that's fair enough. So he came up, and um, he had to look at the car. He said the battery was you know stone cold. So um, he actually you know got it running. He actually got the car running. So I drove it myself then up to um, Dublin Hill, up to Oslo Express in Dublin Hill, and John had it fixed within half an hour. 
What was wrong with it? Did you get a new battery or what? The battery. I did. I got a new battery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the problem. You know. I, to, I just wonder. So I'm thinking about you know these breakdown services that are provided by insurance companies they clearly didn't work. And fair play to no. uh, to was it um, what you say there were JP was it JP recovery JP recovery yeah. yeah. Um, fair play to JP them. Is it JP or JD? It's J, it's JP. Is it JP? Okay. Yes, well, fair JP, play to them. Yeah. But you just wonder whether. Would Allianz, well, sorry, would the would AA breakdown assistance be a better option for everybody? Um, it, I was just Googling it when while we were chatting and you get, yeah. um, it, it could work out, I don't know, they, they say they fix eight to ten cars at the side of the road. They're very fast mm-hmm. at the come out. I'm not sure how much, but it, it could be maybe eight or ten euro a month. Would that be better peace of mind where there's no tow trucks involved? There's no tow trucks involved. I don't mean this to be a free ad for AA, but there's no tow trucks involved. They're not bringing a a, a stalled or an non-starting car to another location. They're fixing it there. I know, yeah, yeah. If that was AA now, they'd have just come out with their big yellow truck uh, for 75 euro a year. They come out with their big yellow truck. They jumpstart the car for you. Yeah. I know, yeah, but um, it's a waste of money anyway. You know, that's what I. And another thing now, you see, I was, I, I don't feel comfortable staying with Alliance you now at the moment because I mean, this could happen again. I know, you know. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, and, it won't um, happen again. Hopefully, it won't. Yeah. 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 But, um, Apparently, I'm told um, the insurance companies pay 70 euro to the tow truck companies. Um, somebody is suggesting. Uh, who's involved in the business, says 70 euro is what the insurance companies pay the tow truck companies. Privately, yeah. privately, you can pay up to 200 euro. Uh, I was needed for a quick recovery. I got 70 euro back from my insurance company, but fair play to the company that did it for, for 70 euro. Apparently, that's what they, you could pay up to 200. Maybe there's a lot of profiteering involved in it, but the rate that the tow truck company gets from Allianz is 70. Yeah. 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 So, so um, you... you you don't regret not taking the hundred euro, no? No, no, okay. no. I okay. just felt it was like a, I don't know, just a dismissal, you know. Just take that and go on away, you know. Yeah, okay. That's what it felt like to me, you know. Go in and don't be nine. Let's just take that and shut up, you know. Yeah, so I mean, no, it was no, it was no. bad, and you were, you know, it was after midnight, and it was in an area with a lot of people milling around, and you know, your windows are down, you're frozen with the cold, you could have got hassle, you equally could have been on the side of a busy road, and somebody could have crashed into you. It's just not good enough. It really isn't. Oh God, it's not really. No, it's not. Okay. Because I'll be honest, I was I was fairly terrified. No, I can you imagine know? you were. Yeah, you describe it as if you were. I was. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what your next plan is as to whether you, would you find it any different with AXA? Would you find it any different with um, an, another insurance company? I don't know. Well, two years ago, I was with AXA. And um, I, um, I'm fortunate, but um, I, you know, kept the step in um, in the new road uh, where they're building the houses in Blackpool at the back of the Sunbeam, you know, the old Sunbeam. Yeah. There was an unlit step there. And I didn't see it, and I clipped it, and uh, my tyre, of course, I busted my tyre. And um, I rang AXA at the time, and they were out within, I'd say, about half an hour, 40 minutes. That's the way you want it to be, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that is the way you want it to be. It really is. 
Yeah. I'd be uh, I, I actually, probably, you know? I, I, had, yeah. I had an electrical fault there about three or four months ago at my car and I was on the new uh, McCroom bypass. I'm also insured with Allianz. Um, so the car yeah. just, just died. It was in a very dangerous area, I have to tell you. It was on the new yeah. McCroom bypass. Yeah. So the, I had to pull in onto the, there's not even a hard shoulder and cars were whizzing by. And I was on yeah. to Allianz and they had no idea where the McCroom bypass was. They wanted all sorts of silly details about the exact position. I said, I'm in the, I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the, the western entrance to the McCroom bypass. I was saying, I'm very near uh, Ballymacara. I'm very near that area. What yeah. tow truck company are you coming, calling? Well, we're going to get you a tow truck from in and around McCroom. And I said, well, you don't need the exact details. Just tell them I'm on the western entrance from the McCroom bypass. They will find me. Yeah. They rang me back two or three times saying, we can't find the place on a map. There's no road there. We can't. And I said, listen, just tell the tow truck company. He'll know. I mean, it was very, yeah. it was very frustrating. But it was maybe, I think it was maybe two hours later, certainly a good hour and a half, if not longer, before a tow truck company actually came along. So yeah. you're, you're not yeah. alone there. Now, your man was lovely. The local tow truck guy, he said, I said, I need, the, I need you to tow the car to Cork. He said, well, I'll be paid yeah. the Allianz, but it won't, it won't pay me enough to bring it to Cork. I can bring yeah. it to a garage in McCroom. And I said, well, that's no good to me. So in fairness to him, he charged me an extra 70 euro to drive it all the way or to tow it all the way to Douglas. I thought that was nice. Well, but still, I mean, to say, your insurance should cover all inevitabilities, you know? I mean, if you break down, you have breakdown cover. I mean, that's it, you know? Yeah, I know, but they, if you look at your policy, it will say, to the nearest garage. To the nearest garage, yeah. 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 But in fairness, your man out Lissard away, I'm not quite sure he was, lovely fella, he yeah. towed it all the way to Cork for an extra 70, and I, I thought that was fair. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I thought that well, was it's, fair. It's, it's, yeah, well, that's fair enough. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. All right. It is. Check out a, a, a breakdown <laughs> assistance. Check it out. Actually, you know, I, I, I think I will. That would be the best 75 euro you might ever spend, you know? I'd say you're right there, you know, because, um, you know, I'd have peace of mind anyway. All right. Mind you yourself, know? Margaret. Mind That's yourself. That's the main thing. Take All care. right. Thanks Happy me. Christmas, girl. Lovely best, chatting you know. with you. Lovely Thank chatting you with you. Too. Take care. Bye. 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 Kieran, Bye. Bye. good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? What do you think of that? I mean, what is that commonplace, really? It's bad enough we don't have any spare tyre in the boot anymore, and then you call for assistance and they don't turn up. Well... The only thing I got from that conversation is that I have, a, I have a policy in my own head that says never refuse anything, even if it's only a sweet. No. The lady refused the 100 euros from Allianz. If she had taken the 100 euros, that 100 euros would have paid for her new battery. That's just the point I wanted to make. I, I mean, I didn't want to labour the point with her, but it was a matter of principle that she wasn't going to be treated like a child and pawned off for the 100 euro. Um, and she, she, it would have stuck in her craw to take the 100, you know? I hear you, but it still would have paid for her new battery. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she should have taken the 100 and paid for the battery. Appreciate it. Thank you. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show.
Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Uh, somebody asking, is there any update on the missing crib down in Clonakilty in the church there? Well, we did have some conversations yesterday and I hope to have an update on that one hopefully in the next hour with regards to uh, the missing crib. Um, there was that one and somebody else was suggesting no crib in a church in Buing as well and I was wondering how commonplace was that. Just back to the story regarding VMware. Um, I work for one of the companies you mentioned this morning. Um, I mentioned a list of big international companies that uh, laid off jo- workers in lease- on Leaside this year. With the current remote work setup and the government actively encouraging people to work from home, the next step for multinationals is to hire remote staff in low-paid countries. The companies can still avail of the lower tax rate here, but the Irish workforce has become way too expensive, way too overindulged. So a lot of jobs are going to be either axed or replaced by cheaper countries where staff have less demands. Between this and the arrival of artificial intelligence replacing many roles, I'm afraid we're in for a major shock in the next few years, especially as our indigenous economy is not really supported. I hope I'm wrong. So AI... Uh, lower employment wages in cheaper countries. Um, And that's interesting because a lot of the big, huge multinationals that are based here funnel all of their worldwide profits through Ireland because of our corporation tax. Now, I know it's gone up somewhat, but that was the big attraction for a lot of big companies was to base all of their headquarters in Ireland and then they could funnel all of the profits from all over the world through the Irish arm of the company, if you like, and many of the big ones did that. But when you talk about Irish indigenous economy not being supported, it's very interesting. We look at SMEs, small to medium businesses in Ireland, the backbone of Ireland. And I was reading recently, because there's been a lot of changes in the working landscape in Ireland of late, and there's more to come between now and, say, 2026. Because in 2026, we will have the um, living wage. They figure that's what it needs to be. So by 2026, the living wage will see the employment rate of employees going up by €3.70 per hour. And who pays that? Only the employers and the small to medium enterprises. But there was a report out recently that said recent updates and changes to Ireland's working landscape will push up employment costs by 36% over the next two years for businesses. How in the name of God will they be able to support any of that? I will come back to that, but they're saying that for 36% in the next two years, many companies will not be able to absorb it. Like you've got changes now, recent changes, upcoming changes to Ireland landscape. Uh, you've got things like um, 13 cent per hour now for new sick pay entitlements, 23 cent per hour for employers' contributions to the auto and pension enrollment and things like that. So many changes coming down the track and businesses possibly won't be able to, um, to to absorb them. Anyway, just staying with, with VMware and the shocking announcement this morning. Kira, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How okay, are you? I may pick it up with you after 11. We'll see how we go. But you worked for VMware. This is well over a decade ago, is it? It is, yeah. Okay. And what did you um, want to share? What experience? So, um, one night, my manager got a phone call from the big heads in America, from her bosses, um, telling her she was being made redundant. And not only that, but her whole department was being made redundant. And they told her to go and set up a team meeting for the morning and let everyone know that they were being made redundant. Um, I just think that that's an absolutely shocking thing to put on one person and let them sit with it for the night, you know. Okay, so Um, this news came in at a, a kind of a night shift when it would have been daytime working hours in America. She got the call. Um, were, Were you amongst the team? 
I was, yeah. So okay. she was at home when she got this call, which wouldn't be unusual, um, you know, uh, to take a call from America in the evening. Um, so I was on the team in the morning. We were all brought into a meeting and she had to let us all know that we were being made redundant. Um, now, for me, it wasn't personally a massive deal. I was only there maybe six or eight months at the time. Uh, I was single. I didn't have a family or a mortgage. But um, everyone in the room who were there quite a while, you know, they were obviously very, very upset. And the manager herself, she's a really strong, tough person. Um, and she was very visibly, you know, she was shaking. She, her voice was trembling. Um, yeah, she was devastated, you know. Not just for her own um, redundancy, but clearly was devastated for her team. Exactly. She she had worked with a lot of those people for an awful long time, you know. And just to be just to be told that the night before and let it sit with her for the whole night that she was being made redundant. So there were people, okay, no you say six to eight, you, you say six to eight months you were there, but others were there for substantially longer than that and they must have been yeah. very distraught. And they had families and mortgages and, you know, yeah, so, and she knew she had to go in in the morning and, you know, bring this news to everybody, you know. Um, this and is totally, I thought it was, yeah, go on. It was just very ruthless, you know, it was, a completely inhumane thing to ask of somebody to do and all of this I feel went under the radar I don't think anybody really heard of it or knew of it outside of the company you know and have you any idea what you know the work that you and the team you were on were doing and it was mm-hmm. being axed in Cork what happened yes. with that work then where, where was that going to be done instead um, it was actually Dublin so it was outsourced to a company in Dublin, yeah, okay. who would do it for cheaper labour. Yeah, and was that the reason, um, cheaper labour? I don't know if they gave the reason. I'm not sure. I don't but, remember. But your department, your team was a busy team. It was an effective team. It was very busy, very busy. Yeah. What kind um, of redundancy yeah. was given? Do you know? Do you recall? I don't because I was there for such a short time. You know. Yeah, you wouldn't six um, or eight I, months. I, you I, probably I wouldn't have got asked, anything at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. No, I I wouldn't have got anything. So I'm not sure. Okay, a very ruthless and cutthroat manner in which they did it. Yeah, 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 okay. absolutely. Okay, you know, so it's just um, I feel like that's that's the way they work, you know. Yeah. What did you it, make it of the What did you make here. of the news of the three hundred and sixty-four jobs this morning? Then. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a massive shock to hear that. To be honest, you know, um, I went on to work for another big, massive international multinational company after that, and they had. Um, a merger and there was a lot of layoffs that went under the table there as well, you know. Um, like voluntary redundancies and, you know, there was an awful lot. So, mm. are you, so are you, it kind of kept under yeah, the radar. Yeah. You're in stable employment now, are you? Um, yeah, in a totally different um, setup. Okay, all right. Okay, delighted yeah. to hear that. Okay, thanks, Kira. Thank you for that story. Appreciate it. Text 0868104106. Back after 11. You're listening to Cork's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Good morning, all. Mm-hmm. Shared a story earlier on this morning of a breakdown on Shandon Street. Four hours later, the Alliance requested tow truck never arrived. 
woman left in a very dangerous predicament, windows open, freezing cold, lots of um, people milling around and she felt very insecure there. Ultimately, a tow company came along to her aid uh, for 70 euro. Another one wanted 200. But it got us thinking of, of situations like that. It could have been on a main road, for instance, and she could have been rear-ended by a car if she were on a busy road uh, where there wasn't much of a, of a hard shoulder. But it got me thinking, actually, of busy roads and hard shoulders and things like that. And I was reading, have you driven the new, what we call the McCroom Bypass? It's a lot more than just the McCroom Bypass now. It is just a fantastic stretch of road. It really is, and it bypasses so much and shortens the journey. It is so long. I didn't, I, you know, when they were designing, I never thought it was going to be as lengthy as it actually turned out to be. Uh, but there's another story attached to it with regards to uh, the bypass itself. Um, and, and one other thing, it's a 100 kilometres limit. It, for me, until I read this other story about deer, deer crossing the road, I thought it was it was screaming out to be 120 kilometres an hour, the speed limit, because it's begging to be 120. I, I thought anyway, you know, it's not that I'd be driving at 120, but I thought 120 would be safe. But then I heard that since it's opened, there have been at least 11 deer vehicle collisions on the McCroom Bypass. 11. Now, deer pretty big animals like you don't want to be you don't want to be hitting them that's for sure uh, I don't know if anybody actually has um, but uh, I'd love to hear if you have done if you have any near misses with regards to the deer um, I just want to get an update on it from uh, one of the local councillors down there Governor Moynihan Governor good morning Hi good morning how are you doing? I'm good uh, is, is that right uh, an article of reading from the Corkman at least 11 deer vehicle collisions since it opened? Since it opened, there has been a number, all right, that might be roughly right, yeah, between now, between since the road opened and now, um, maybe about two weeks is what they're saying. And so, um, so cars are hitting deer crossing the road. Is it leading to bad collisions, injuries? Damage to cars and awful lot, and obviously for the driver, it's very traumatic, like, do you know, um, but like, there's also been near misses, do you know. These are the ones that are that are okay. um, reported. Okay, so damage know, to cars, near misses. Have deer been killed? Um, yes, yeah, unfortunately so. Yeah. And what, what happens in the event of a a fully grown deer being hit and killed on the road? Like, does some oh, dr- come along and take it away, or what? Yeah, yeah. There's a contractor on the that's responsible for the the bypass lag, and they're responsible for the maintenance of the of the N22, and that's one of their jobs, unfortunately. Um, but it's, I think, I think as drivers, we also need to be given the skills to be able to manage or to be able to cope with that. Like, well, what as well, about you know, if it's pitch dark? You're not going to see oh, it. Okay. You're, you're not. You're not. No, no. But if it's if it's bright and it's during the day, and you have an idea of when the rushing season is, or you have an idea of what to do when they um, come out on the road and to expect more than one, you know, if you even have those basics, then they'll help you. Do you know? Um, and that's one of the reasons why 120 is not a good idea, and that maybe even 100 isn't. But okay, so let's look at it. Why? Well, are, to what? be honest, Neil, it's it's been happening on. On the old bike, the old N22, anyway, and on all, on a lot of the secondary roads as well, like the, the deer, like our numbers of Sika deers have been increasing. Um, okay. Quite a lot over the last but when they so build, when they build, a, when they build a bypass like this, the N22 bypass, like, can the, can do do other 
main roads or bypasses have a better system with regards to you you call it migrating deer to go under the am I sounding stupid now like under the road no not at all not at all no and I suppose I'm learning about this too I'm learning about it on the, our secondary roads for the last number of years and now with a, with a massive infrastructure like this bypass you know but there isn't an answer to it there, there, there doesn't seem to be an answer to it around the country um, but I suppose what you need to remember too Neil is like these animals these wild animals have been passing on this section um, of countryside for the last number of years. That's and their route, is even it? Even while this has been, yeah, yeah, and even as this has been constructed, this bypass, they've been passing it, and then all of a sudden, there's cars doing a hundred kilometres an hour coming, coming towards them. So, like, they're they're not doing anything different. No, you know? no, they're just um, following the route that they normally followed yes, for yeah, centuries, yeah. probably before yeah. a motorway was put yeah. there. Isn't that the case? That is, that is, and that's the the reality of it. Um, there are, you know, there are pa- passages under the road. You know, when it was being constructed, we'll say for we'll say for cattle going from one field to another, we'll say or or for water, or there's even a pedestrian one with the Shlee Right. Um, so there's, I suppose, what the TI are hoping is that the deer will find a different path and maybe use these underpasses that are there. Um, but is there a chance of that happening, though? I mean, who's going to, like, you can't sit down with the deer and give them, them a, directions, yeah, give them a directions yeah, on a better route. Like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it's, yeah, and like for a driver, it's extremely distressing. Then, like, so this is, he's 50, <laughs> the deer could be 50 kgs, like, you know, and you're coming at, I would say a lot more than that. I would say a lot more than that. A fully grown deer could be a lot more than fifty kilograms, wouldn't it? Yeah, the ones we have around here are the seeker ones. You know, the ones with the white bones. You know, are they the smaller the ones, ones like little this. cuter yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah, the Japanese ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the best conversation to be having now before Christmas, but um, yeah, I know. But yeah, look, we do, we do have an issue, but I do feel Neil, that you know, give the drivers at least the skills, the basic skills. It's not even part of our driving test, you know. Like, we're, we're, we all hear about, you know, drink driving, you shouldn't be drinking and driving. Of course you shouldn't. But who knows, then on the other hand, who knows how to deal with the deer on the road in front of you? Like, do you beep the horn? Do you flash the lights? Do you stop? You know, or even the signs, like, we've got the signs that you had for the signs up on the bypass. But... Like what? What does the what does the driver understand from that sign? Like, what, I know. What do they know to do uh, I know. Those, I know. You know? I know. You're talking about issues regarding reaction and how to react to it. Uh, I, I also yeah. read in the Corkman actually uh, part of the article said that in Limerick and Galway, and other parts of Ireland, you'll see where the motorways are built. They have uh, tunnels involved in it, or, or things like green bridges. Uh, uh, is is that for deer? Deer. Well, see, they don't necessarily need to be for deer as long as the deer can fit there. Do you know what I mean? As in, like, the pedestrian one that's there in in, in Valvorna, like, that's, that's fine for the deer as well. You know, it doesn't necessarily... As long as it's big enough for the deer to pass through, then that's all that matters. I know, like, and, and I understand like, so that we... It's, it's very sad deer being killed, but it, it... You know, and that is that is tragic, but somebody could be yeah. killed, though, oh, taking totally, evasive totally. action. You know? Yeah. Or is, is, yeah. It's and just as the normal yeah. consequences of driving through the countryside? Well, whether it's a bypass or a secondary road, it's the same issue. Do you know what I mean? Like on on, on country roads, you know, the deer aren't choosing 
what roads they're going to be crossing. They're just crossing their normal countryside as as normal, do you know. So I suppose the bypass has ra- the N twenty two bypass has raised uh, the profile of this problem, which is good in a way because it might actually get RSA to to do do this awareness campaign that's really needed. Like you know, at least help us to be able to react to it. You know, because how like you could put wire on either side of the road, you know, but that's not going to work either because you're trapping them onto the road. I thing, know, you know, yeah, yeah. Are, are there um, signs so there, there up? Saying? A, are there signs warning there is, people? Yeah. Are there? Yeah, there are. They're they're there, all right. But I suppose Neil, the thing is, is do you understand what you're meant to do when you see the sign? Do you know, or do you know when the rutting season is? Do you know when? Why is the why, What is the rutting season about? Is that when they're moving? Is it? Sorry, yeah, the rutting season is the mating season, and that's they're on they're on a mission. <laughs> so they're going from A to B, and I suppose the main thing is you're never going to see one deer on its own. Like you know, um, he's obviously following a number of ladies crossing yeah. the road, and he doesn't see the cars. Do you know? So yeah. I suppose it's to be aware that 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 happens from September on until around, I suppose December for the seekers. It depends on the type of deer, you know, okay. and like that's the time when they're on the move and awfully and, sad and numbers though, isn't it? It's awfully sad to hear yeah. them oh, being hit so never mind the, ba- just, the worry to they're lovely yeah. lovely creatures like I was out this morning for a walk and like I saw five of them in the field like you know they're, they're beautiful like you know sad for everybody like, sad for the motorists as well you know Oh, totally. Like, it's trying to get the balance between the safety of the driver and the safety of the wild animals. Do you know what I mean? And there isn't, unfortunately, a black or white answer to it at the moment, but I do feel that we should at least be given the basic skills on how to react. Well, that's why I wanted to bring up the topic this morning to at least warn people of this issue because it seems to be a worrying issue on that new road uh, with deer on the roads. Appreciate it with the update, though. Thank you, Councillor Governor Moynihan. Interestingly, just uh, in my my own point of view, I know you you talk about uh, animals and, and to a large extent, of course, they have first call on our environment you know it's already able to come along and put a big huge motorway uh, through what would have been green fields and farmland and open country uh, but to be honest we need to respect those that were there before it and the deer in that case or it could be horses or cattle or all sorts of different wildlife but I only mentioned that actually because where I live on the, on, in Douglas on the Douglas Road um, we have uh, foxes um, and I imagine that what it really is, without wanting to overconfuse matters, it's probably the same run that foxes have been using for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, and they move around at night in the Douglas area. Uh, where they're coming from, I don't know. Where they're going, I do know, because I see the foxes in our park very, very regularly. Most beautiful creatures. And, you know, they they get startled if they see you or you see them and they they, 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 they move off very, very quickly. But they're literally moving through Douglas and come, they come through our estate, our park and out the back, um, you know, all sorts of different ways of getting through people's gardens and what have you. They're incredible creatures. But they're literally heading, I think, for the Tremor Valley and the Tremor Valley Park area. And imagine they're using that run and have been for hundreds and hundreds of years, long before our houses were there or long before, say, Skolvura was there or Tremor House was there or maybe many of the housing estates were there. And they just continue to use the same track. It's not as if they decide, oh, we've got to do it a different way now because their house is there. They will continue to follow the same line and probably have been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years. Keith, good morning. Good morning, mate. How are you? Thanks for holding. You just wanted to pick up on this conversation. You, you, you call it a deadly bypass. Why? I do, I do indeed, Neil. Uh, we're not, I'm not living in too far from it myself. I'm actually Corkside of Macron. And myself and my wife decided to take a spin to Killarney, but uh, we decided to go through Macron 
and go out the, the Mill Street Road and you converge onto the, uh, the bypass from there. Now, uh, I had been my first time on the road, um, but having driven all over the country on dual carriageways and motorways, when you're coming onto it, there are no slipways on that road. Um, so when you're actually, when you're wanting from, from the, the, the Killarney side, when you go onto that road, that dual carriageway or motorway, you're actually going on to a T-junction. Now, it was my first time, and I, I actually uh, foolishly assumed or presumed that I could turn left, like every other dual carriageway, and verge onto the road when you gather speed. I nearly got blown off the road. Oh, you're actually into oncoming traffic very quickly. Correct. Right. Correct. I wasn't aware of that because I haven't used the slips. I go right through it. I love it, actually, but I go right through it from start to finish. So I'm not aware of those slips. So I been, we've been, we've decided. Obviously, it does take uh, quite a amount of time off the journey. So we go to Killarney now quite a bit. But my heart is in my mouth from the start to the finish of that um, bypass. I can't understand why they could not, after spending all of that money, made it wide enough to have at least somewhere to pull into the side if you break down. So on the on the so entire the carriageway, on the entire the bypass, you're saying there's no hard shoulder? No, none, none. So you break down in a line of traffic? So if you're, it's not that. What if you're driving, uh, you, let's say that you come on to, like, that poor woman in Shannon Street? What if she had, unfortunately, gone on from a, a T-junction like that onto the bypass and two Arctic trucks coming? I broke down on the bypass. No, I, know, I know what you're talking about. The car's whizzing past and the wind off the car's passing. I mean, thank God it was during the day. If it had been a night um, with no but power, no that, electrics, those, no, those and no lights cars, but the cars avoiding you have to go into another lane to avoid you. Okay, I'm, I'm sure. I'm assuming now you're 100% accurate. Well, I can only speak from my own experience and getting on to um, the bypass okay. just beyond Macron. Okay, and, and tell me, just thank you for that. Thank you for that. Just finally, did you come across any deer crossing the road? No, I didn't, but I'm sure it would have been um, common knowledge uh, as that previous uh, caller that they would have made preparations for that and at least put fencing up either side of the roads to prevent the deer from going and leave underpasses of which they would eventually find. You think they would eventually find them? Would they? How, they how would, would they eventually, eventually find, find them? Like? They, will they, will, they will travel along the fence until they can find a route across. Oh, but they'd need to have fences and a tunnel. Well, that's the only way to prevent accidents or death. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, Keith. Text 0868104106. Merry Christmas, everyone, with... uh Slade, a few pints later and a shared bottle of whiskey. I'm not encouraging it for a moment. And that song was born. My name is Lakeisha. I'm sending an email about why my family members abroad deserve one of your Christmas uh, hampers. I would love for my mum to be considered. She's living in Christchurch, New Zealand. It's usually the other way around. I'm 27 years old, living in West Cork, and I've been here for the past four years. COVID hit, and since then I've not returned home at all. I've had two children here, and I haven't been able to take them home to meet mum in New Zealand and the family. I'm 
miss my mother dearly and think if she had some Irish treats that would connect us all with Christmas fast approaching. She'd be happy to receive one of your Paddy Box hampers and would be even more happy to see her receive it myself. Thank you for considering my family, says Lakeisha, who's missing ma'am back in New Zealand. I'd love a Paddy Box for my brother Stephen and his girlfriend Siobhan in Australia. They're in Queensland. I haven't seen, haven't had a Christmas with them for seven years. And they just have having a gorgeous baby boy called Oshin or Oshin to some. I'm working all over Christmas in Clonakilty Hospital, so I don't even know where I will find the time to get a hamper together myself. So I'd love if you could sort it for me, says Siobhan about her ma'am. Sorry, about her brother Stephen and his girlfriend Siobhan in Australia. I'd like to nominate my son in Melbourne. It's all Australia. Well, not all, but a lot of them. He's been there since June 22 doing primary school teaching. He's working very hard and we're immensely proud of him. And the way he has adapted to Aussie life. But he misses his Irish treats big time. He's always been a loyal supporter of Tato and Cadbury's and dreams of these treats on a daily basis. I've tried sending out some, but the postage is so expensive. It would be magical if you could organize a delivery for him this Christmas. And there's a little poem from Mum Gina. She says, Winter Owen from the Lee deserves to feel VIP. The sentimental choice to perfection is the ideal festive Irish connection. I love it. Apple didn't fall far from the tree. My friend Sinead is in Leeds, England. She's been living there for a few years now. We miss her. It's not very often she gets home. She has three kids. Uh, I haven't had a chance to meet her new arrival yet, and I would love to send her a piece of home, says Sherelle O'Callaghan. And just one or two more. I'd love to put forward my best friend uh, moved to all Melbourne, Australia this year, and I'd love to send them some home Christmas. It'll be their first Christmas away, and I'd love to make them feel extra special around the holidays. Their names are Laura and Rachel O'Sullivan. They're not sisters, they're best friends. And it would be from their besties at home, Kira, Lily and Molly. I understand all of the entries you receive, Neil, but if you're not in, you can't win. Thank you so much for that, Kira. It's another example of young people who, in groups, uh, legged it to Australia. And that's what happened with regards to Laura and Rachel. Um, hope you're all well. I would love if my brother Adrian Ring, his wife Michelle and two nephews Jack and Danny would win a hamper in New South Wales, Australia. We haven't seen them in over nine years since they've been home. I've only met my nephews once he's 11 now oh my god that's amazing I know he's missing home and he's always on the phone for chats and that's from uh, Deirdre there are so many I know I'm repeating myself I need to shut up I'd like to nominate my friend Laura Clear for a paddy box please she's been in Australia for 10 years sadly her grandmother passed away in the summer she was so close to her I know this is going to be a very difficult Christmas for her from my friend Laura says Barbara and one final one season's greetings I'd love you consider my goddaughter Kira Taylor uh, she's in Australia 9 years herself and a partner just built a beautiful home in Adelaide. They won't be home for Christmas. I would love if they got some goodies from home. Aaron is an Aussie himself, but he has plenty of Irish treats. Uh, I would really love this as a housewarming gift for them for their new home, Christmas 2023. That's a lovely text from, or should I say, email from Siobhan Walker. Now you can email neil at redfm.ie to nominate your own friends or loved ones overseas. Tato cheese and onion, Barry's tea, Cadbury's dairy milks, Cadbury's purple snacks, Jacob's chocolate Kimberley's is chock full of all sorts of goodies. There's Jacob's Mikado, Boland's custard creams, loads of the old school treats, the refreshers and the stingers and the wham bar and the dib-dabs and the macaroons. McDonald's curry sauce and spice bag mix, Ballymaloo relish, and also uh, big, big bottles of Tanora in all of the Paddy Box hampers as well. So I want to do a couple of calls, if you don't mind. Get straight to our phone lines and check in with Sharon. Sharon, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very good indeed. You want um, a paddy box sorted for your sister Karen, who's in uh, New York State, I believe, isn't it? That's right. That's right. She's in Port Washington in New York. And she's been there since the 90s, I believe. Oh, God, she's, she's been there 20 plus years now. We stopped, we stopped counting after 20 years. Yeah, what, I think what, what took her out first? Was it like maybe going out like as young people do for the it's summer, was it? Absolutely, she went out for the summer and she, she came back for her 21st and then ended up going, going off back out again and um, fell in love. So ended up, ended up um, she, she's married now to a man in Port Washington. She's married to an Italian, I hear. He, well, he's American, but his, his father is Italian and yeah. his mother is Croatian. Uh, what, what kind of a Christmas day they'll have? Will it be Italian food or will it be Croatian or will it be turkey and ham? Oh, they do the turkey and ham Christmas and they do the big Thanksgiving, but they do a big Christmas Eve playing uh, seven fishes um, celebration then as well. The for seven the, the Italian Is that seven different courses of fish? Is it? Lots, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do, it's, it's a big spread that they put on for the Christmas Eve. Is a big, big. So it starts at Thanksgiving and it doesn't end until probably New Year's. No, you know, with food like that, I'd have to starve myself for a few days. You know. <laughs> To work up the energy yeah. for it. So who's back home in Balling? Oh, and just because she's got a couple of kids now out there, doesn't she? Tommy and Anna? She does, Tommy and Anna, yeah. Tommy is nine and Anna's 12. And who's yeah. back home in Balling then, missing them all? There would be myself and my bro- My two brothers are here in, in Cork still. Um, myself and one of my brothers, Cullum, is in Balling And my mum is still, in he- still here in Balling as well. I know, it's a tough one, isn't it, when they're away for Christmas? No, and they've not been home now for a few years now for Christmas. It's it's hard. They came home one Christmas a few years back. Um, but as the kids get older and stuff, it's a little bit harder to get home. Are you in touch all the time, so, though? Oh, God, yeah. This will be daily, really, yeah. All right, OK. We're in touch all the time. And it gets easier with, it gets easier with the, you know, the Skype and the WhatsApp. And as it the kids certainly got does. And well, I'm glad you nominated her, because I am going to sort out a paddy box for the family out in Port, uh, Port Washington in New York. Um, tell you what I'm going to do, uh, Sharon. They will be delighted, and thank you for nominating them. Thank you for, for calling. I'm going to give them a call, all right? No bother, yeah, no stay, problem. Stay, stay listening, don't go in. Oh, great, okay. Hello? Well, hello there, is that Karen? It is, speaking, how are you, how are you how doing? Are you? This is Neil calling from Red FM in Cork. Oh, so nice to hear from you. Morning to you. <laughs> I got your number and your details from your sister, Sharon. I heard she wrote into you. <laughs> oh my God, the mortification of it. I know way too much about you <laughs> and Thomas. Do you? Oh I my do. God. And what Tommy and Anna. Oh, everything. She's left nothing out. But happy Christmas to okay. you all the same. <laughs> happy Christmas to you too. Oh my God. We're just so, getting, we're yeah. getting ready here. Have you the tree up? We've the tree up since before Thanksgiving. Well done. <laughs> have you the turkey booked? We actually don't cook turkey. So oh, we'll my husband's Italian, so he does the seven fishes. He does all the cooking. He does the Italian seven fishes. We have lobster. We have um, like a big seafood seafood meal. So a little little different from home. Wait a second. Now. How long are you married? I married 13 years. And in 13 years, did you never get a go at a traditional Irish Christmas, you're telling me? I have. 
love. I just don't. We do Christmas Eve. We do the seven fishes, and then Christmas Day we do the turkey. Oh, the you do the, and the turkey. Whole thing. So I get a double. All I right. get a double. Okay, a double yeah. whammy: the double. Italian and then the Irish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, exactly. the only thing you can't exactly. probably can't get your hands on is a bit of spiced beef. Is it? <laughs> Bit of spiced beef and also the little puddings. You can't oh, get the little pudding no. either. Listen, 27, yeah. 27 years they tell me that you've been away. What what, what took you over yeah. first? Did you go on a, a kind of a J1 or a summer trip or what? I did. I, I was on a J1 in Cape Cod the first summer and I came to New York for a week with some friends and I just loved New York and then decided to come back. My intention was I was coming to New York I was going to stay here for a year and then I was going to go home and become a grown-up again. <laughs> but sure, I ended up staying. <laughs> a year turned into two, turned into 10, turned into 20. And sure, now it's 27, 27 years later. 27 years I'm still later. here. I know. And um, yeah. obviously met uh, Thomas and fell in love. Was that, was that in Cape Cod or New York? You were working in Irish bars, I think, were you? Yeah, so when after after Cape, Cape Cod was the first summer that I came out when I was still in college. After that, when I came back the second time, I was in Woodside, and which is where most most Irish people coming over to New York will either go to Woodside and Sunnyside, yeah. that kind of thing, or or go to the Bronx. So I was Woodside, and I was there for a couple of years. I worked in Irish bars, and. Then after after time, you know, I, I switched and and was working in um, an interior design company in the city for years. Well then, done. Yeah. but uh, I, when I when I first came out, I was I was working in Irish bars, and sure, you meet people then, and you know, I knew this one that was working for he was working for an architectural firm, and that's what I had studied at home. So yeah. through him, and he actually owns now um, a bar in Connecticut. Oh, I'm trying to think the name of it. Oh, I, can't, I can't remember mm. it now, but it's near Yale. Mm. So one of the guys that I worked with at the bar, Mary Willie's in Woodside, he now owns his own bar. Right. So, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. People, people move on and, and it's grow been, up, yeah, there's a big know? There's a big network of Irish there, thank God. And was it, was oh, it, there, there is, was it in yeah. one of those pubs that you met Thomas? No, no. I, so I met Thomas years later on Match.com. Did you? Okay. All right. Love yeah. it. Love it. First sight. You matched. You clicked. Yeah, we we matched, and sure, the rest, as they say, is history. The rest is yeah. history. I love the stories. Actually, yeah. the, I love the stories that Sharon was telling me about the kids. Right, Tommy and Anna. Uh, oh. Huge respect <laughs> for the two of them, particularly Anna, because when she well, I shouldn't I shouldn't pick one child over another, but Anna loves when she comes to Cork to do the um, the big shop in pennies. I'm told, is that right? Oh yeah, she does her big pennies haul with her cousins yeah she loves it <laughs> no. but she was you you would think she's like was raised in Cork going into uh, pennies like uh, she knew where what day are we doing our pennies haul and they all go I know yeah, you know yeah. and then they're showing everyone what they bought what is it yeah, like she, it's the price is it, it. 2.99 in pennies girl I think it's yeah sure they can get the makeup they can get an outfit they you know you give you give them 50 euros in pennies and they can actually buy you know an outfit and makeup they're Pen- delighted with themselves pennies need to open a big superstore out your way you know that <laughs> they did they did I was only there a couple of weeks oh ago oh my god is it it's the same called, it's called it's exactly the same it's like a time warp I brought my mom my mom was here just before Thanksgiving and I brought my mom and I was like mom it's like you just stepped into the pennies in Cork and she's like oh it is but it's called Primark that's right that's the, the international uni- one yeah Primark yeah the, u- the uniform 
uniforms and everything are exactly the same. <laughs> it was it's so weird. It's okay, so let's, weird. Let's let's talk a little bit then about Tommy. Uh, <laughs> let me mention words like Tanora, Tato, double deckers, oh, yeah. <laughs> curly whirlies, toffee, Mikado biscuits, and most yes. importantly, he, he can't wait to get home to go back visiting so Cork Chippers. <laughs> The chipper. Well, after he made his communion, he saved his communion money to take all his cousins and his aunts and uncles to the chipper when he got home. <laughs> where is that in Balancolic? Or where? He was, yeah, he the, now he likes Dino's in Balancolic as well, but there's actually just the chipper as well <laughs> on Station Road in Balancolic, <laughs> and they, you know, everything's wrapped in the old newspaper. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's he, he loves that as well. So when, when, and he so insisted when he, when like he, dinner was on him and what would he buy is it like um, clearly not, not burgers and chips because you can get them anywhere does he have any kind of specialities oh no he's just like chicken nuggets and chips he just likes the chips yeah you, should, he, get him, he, you should get him he, out he, to um, KC's and Douglas someday that'll blow his mind yeah, yeah. Now we did um, last summer when we were home. We were in Dublin, and is it Beshoffs is the one Beshoffs, in Dublin? Yeah, Beshoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we did we did go out um, to Beshoffs with my sister right. and her kids, and he and he ate his chips on the on the ball. Beach. Yeah, we'll so allow, we'll allow that just once. We wouldn't be encouraging Cork people yeah. to be going visiting Dublin shippers, no. you know? <laughs> no, no, no. But you should, tell, you should tell Tommy when he grows up, he's only nine now, but another 10 or 15 yeah. years, he should open an Irish chipper in New York. It would fly. I know. <laughs> It would. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. And the potato pie. Uh, and the I keep trying to replicate it. It just never comes out the yeah, same. Yeah, you should get them to smuggle some out to you the next time family are going visiting. I, <laughs> I used to. We used to freeze them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I, I know. I don't, I've never been to Port Washington, but every summer I take yeah. the Port Washington train to the tennis and I get off at Mets Willet. If, oh. if I stayed on all the way, would you put the kettle on yeah. next summer? I would, of course. Is yeah. It, is it Just nice out there? Just let me know when. We'll be there. We, oh, it's beautiful. Really, really gorgeous town. You should come out. There's fabulous, fabulous restaurants. Lovely. Uh, you can walk along the water. There's Louis. You go for fabulous seafood. I'm sold. Dinner, drinks. I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. I'm sold. Stay, stay on the train. Come out. Yeah. I might stay for a few. <laughs> might stay for a few days. Do. We've... <laughs> I've loads. I've loads of room. I'll put you. Don't say that. That's the that's the death knell for people when they meet people on holidays. And then they got the knock on the door. Yeah. Any any time, Neil. Right. You're more than welcome. So who's more than welcome. so who's back home then? All of the family. Give us a, give us some names. Give us some shout outs. Oh, so everyone. So mom is home. My brother Colum, his wife Tina, their their kids Dylan and Jenna. My sister Sharon, of course. She wrote into her husband Niall. Then she has Ben and Charlie and Lucy. And then there's Colum. Wow. Or no, Colum. I said Paul and his wife Trina, and they have Cahal, Oshin, and Mia. Wow. And then I have my sister. She she defected. She moved to Dublin. She's married to Dub. Um, she's married to David, and they have two girls, Katie and Sally. They say. And that then I've about yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, I thought you were finished. It goes go on. on and on. Carry on. No, I've about a, I've about a hundred cousins. Oh, please don't I've, name all of them. No, 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 I won't. <laughs> but hi to hi to them all, and I've probably thirty six aunts and uncles. So there's there's mountains of us. I know you you said in our conversation that you never intended to stay away as long as you did because Sharon was saying to me that your heart is still at home. You know that you know people oh, say that, is, that, yeah. like does it doesn't get any does it get any easier or is it hard being away? 
I actually find that it's getting harder. Like the older I'm getting, the harder it is. Like when I first came out, you're in your 20s. You don't think about like, oh, you know, people are going to get older. I'm going to get older. The things my kids would miss if I like I didn't have kids. So I didn't think of that part of it. So I think it is. And definitely at the holidays, like I I love my life here. I love my friends. I love my family that's here. But my heart is definitely still at home. And as I get older and everyone at home is getting older, it definitely gets I harder. often wonder about that, you though, know? you know. I really wonder about that, Karen. Are, are faraway hills yeah. always greener, you know? You seem to have a fabulous life. You're well set up. Would it not be enough? I'm yeah. just curious. Would it not be enough maybe just to visit? Because, you know, you might get back and realise after a couple of months, oh, my God, I've made an awful mistake. See, I, th- I think it, it, I think you, what you want in life changes as you get older. You know, like I would love nothing more than just to be sitting in my mom's kitchen having a chat mm. and, mm. you know, a cup of tea with my sisters. And but I, I do realize that when I go home on holidays, everyone's excited to see us. The kids have loads of action. There's loads going on. They have all their cousins. Yeah. And the day-to-day life is different. But at the same time, I do, I do think about like another, you know, ten years from now Mm. and when I'm that much older like it's is I think it's a harder life getting older here yeah I know but but you're safe there and you're secure I I mean it's it's a very different America to the America you had when you went out in the 90s for sure it is right Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even where I live, like I lived in Woodside. I was 20 minutes on the train from, from the city centre. Now I'm 45 minutes on an express train from the city. Like yeah. I'm, I'm really out of yeah. the city yeah. and I don't we don't really go into the city that much yeah I know you know yeah, yeah I know so we everything we need everything we need is you know kind of a stone throw away from well, us around here know, you don't quite have you know? everything you need uh, unless I decide to it's send true. you a unless I decide <laughs> to send you a paddy box for Christmas you don't have everything you need <laughs> This is true. We we definitely do not have at our fingertips all our tatoes and our double deckers and our curly whirlies. I'm we told actually. Them. I'm told That's that Tommy, true. if if I send a hamper, Tommy will ration it right across the year. Is that right? Oh, he he will. Yeah, he'll work out how many days. Like he had a six pack of salt and vinegar tatoes that my mom brought, and he had worked out how could he make them last yeah. till Christmas? Because I usually get a box for him for <laughs> Christmas. How could he make them last? But he couldn't stick to he couldn't stick to it. No, He's after eating no, them. No, they're all gone. Okay, <laughs> well, I need to replace those anyway, and lots more besides. Oh. So I'm going to send you a whole <laughs> box full of Irish goodies, courtesy of ourselves and Paddy oh, Box. Brilliant. And you will have them well Thank before you Christmas. So much. All right, we'll get them off to you. Have oh, a, that's amazing! Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, you and all of your beautiful family. And uh, I'll see you. Oh, for, I'll see you for a so few much. days next summer. Get the box room ready for me, will you? Yeah, I will. I'll hold you to that now. If you do come out, if I hear that you were at the tennis and you didn't come out to Port Washington for a pint, I'll be on to you. Oh, I will. I'll stay on the train for the extra couple of stops. It's just been lovely talking to you, Karen. Listen, have a great Christmas. Uh, and, you uh, too. Look after yourself. You too. Thanks a million. Neil. Bye. Take care. Bye. 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 Listening to Court's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville Show on Court's Red FM. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Yes, indeed. So we're uh, fast approaching the cutoff for emails to neil at redfm.ie for our paddy boxes to all the four corners of the globe. So it's neil at redfm.ie. Who's away? Where are they? And don't forget also when you're emailing me to give me 
your phone number, your contact number as well, because I need to give you a bell if you're lucky enough to win. So the Paddy Box is chock full of goodies and they're going to all sorts of parts of the world. Um, meanwhile, of course, uh, you can also directly get your own Paddy Box delivered to a loved one overseas, www.thepaddybox.com. So we'll do more of those again tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. Also, don't forget we have the turkey breast, half ham and the spiced beefs to give away a little later this week and early next week, courtesy of McCarthy's Family Butchers, Hawks Road in Bishopstown. That's another one of our annual Christmas traditions. So that might be nice for you or to give it to a loved one. Sort out Christmas dinner for many people. So we'll have those vouchers also to give away. Now, do you recall Maureen in Clonakilty was on the air yesterday morning talking about the lack of a crib down at the Church of the Immaculate Conception? Well, we contacted the church yesterday and while we'd hoped to speak with one of the priests down there, it hasn't proved to be possible uh, since yesterday and even across this morning. But what we were told on the phone yesterday from somebody working down there, they confirmed that there would be a crib, as per usual, in front of the altar, that the crib is always put up the week before Christmas which is this week, really, and they anticipate that it would be put up later this week, uh, though they wouldn't confirm that was actually the case. But that's what they said to us yesterday, that it never goes up until the week before Christmas. They think that the kind of crib that Maureen wanted was, um, you know, a big display with hay and large animals probably wouldn't happen. It was a once-off before COVID, and they made the decision that that wouldn't happen again. But there will be a crib of some sorts in front of the altar, as there is every year. But how you wouldn't have a crib with hay and a kind of a stable setting uh, and indeed animals like cows or donkey or whatever the case may be I don't know Um, either you will have a proper crib or you won't but that's the update they say it wasn't that they were going to not have one but it will be the week before Christmas so I'll be anticipating at some stage this week down there so do keep an eye on that one at the Church of the Immaculate Conception Meanwhile, lines will stay open. Get in touch on 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Finally, just with regards to my conversation uh, just uh, a few minutes ago uh, with Karen, who's away 27 years in Port Washington, New York, and feels, you know, as she gets older, she feels more and more wanting to come home. Lovely text from Don who said, People, Neil, are like salmon. When we get old, we want to just return home. Thank you for that thought. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.